0: The Vacation Impossible Podcast for Friday, December 2nd, and we are coming to you from the Vista class carnival panorama. And uh yeah, what uh how what do you thought, think of the trip so far?
1: I mean overall, I've been having a lot of fun. It's been my my first sailing since um December twenty nineteen. Um so I'm very, very happy about that. Uh, you know, some notes here and there, which we can maybe expand on a little bit later. But yeah, the overall is... I'm sailing, so yay!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, the trip's been pretty good. Um, Yeah, flying down was fine. So uh, before we had done a video about the cheapest way to get from LAX to the Long Beach... Cruise terminal for Carnival Cruises. And the situation has changed a bit since then. Mm-hmm. Super Shuttle had gone out of business, but now it seems to kind of be back, but for much more money, uh, between double and triple yeah. uh, what it used to be. Uh, and so there's also Primetime Shuttle, and it looks like, I don't know if they went out of business or not, but their cost seems to be about the same as what Super Shuttle's charging these days. So, you know, that's pretty expensive. And uh, taxis are pretty pricey too. So we have a new. Recommendation for the cheapest way to get from LAX Airport to the Long Beach Cruise Terminal for Carnival Cruises, and that is to pre book an Uber or Lyft.
1: Yeah, definitely pre book.
0: So if we were to book it in the moment, we would be looking at quite a bit more money, well in excess of $40, exactly. 40 to 70 I think, were Something the like that. prices we were seeing. And so by booking it the night beforehand and setting the time and the pickup location in advance from our hotel where we stayed at the uh, LAX Hilton, it was, I think, $28. Yeah. And so that's... Uh, I think the most cost-effective. It's very cost-effective given the current climate of various things. Especially
1: if you're with a group because you can split the costs, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, I recommend not splitting the costs in the app because there's an additional fee for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So figure that out on your own. Uh, You know, I know Sam uses Splitwise to track those things. Uh, I could, you know, I use Excel, it's easy. Uh, And so uh, why pay an app or a website to do simple math dividing by two, three, or four? Uh, So yeah, I think pre-booking an Uber or Lyft is the smart way to go. Now, we did cover this in the past that California had some laws around how uh, ride sharing and other uh, services like that kind of pay their staff. And so you, you can't really get a reliable fare estimator online. Yep. It, if, I, In my experience, you have to kind of be in the place and open the app to see what the prices are. Uh, unless you want to use like a VPN or something to fake your location or whatever. That, that is complicated. Um, and so for California in particular, uh, what I would suggest is always fly in the night before your cruise. is always our recommendation in case exactly. there's any kind of disruption, either through baggage handling, and airline, whatever, weather, etc. We recommend come in the night before. And so once you've checked into your hotel and you get up on that hotel Wi-Fi, so you're not paying roaming if you're Canadian or from another country like us, uh, that's the time to go into the app and then pre-book your trip for the next day and that's when you're probably going to see that price we got it around 28 your mileage may vary somewhat literally um, but that's our new recommendation for the cheapest way to get from LAX to uh, the Long Beach Carnival Cruise Terminal uh, so that went well for us yep. um, you know the pickup was easy the, the ride was fine uh, check in at Long Beach Cruise Terminal is not what it used to be. Uh, A lot of the things that we're discovering both on this and our previous Sailing on the Celebration is post-COVID the world is a little different. Cruising is largely the same, but there are some differences. And an important one is around accessibility in the Long Beach Terminal. And so when we were coming to board the ship, they had an area for... Uh, Disability assistance, wheelchair assistance. I forget what the sign was. Special needs seating area. Something like that. So we went over to the sign, and there's a staff person. And we said, okay, so, you know, uh, how does special needs work? We're also platinum, by the way. What, you know, how does this work? And they said, there's there's no special needs, whatever. Just go get in the regular line.
1: Despite there being about a dozen people in various level of special need. need. Yeah, Um, there were some people in wheelchairs hanging around. Me with my cane, like, it's not like it wasn't obvious. <laughs> and we said, I said at least
0: twice, you know, special needs assistance uh, or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A mobility assistance, something. Uh, and so in front of a sign that says, you know, here for mobility assistance, she says, there's no mobility assistance. Get in the regular line. Okay, so we hobble over to the regular line and we wait through that, which, you know, took a while, uh, longer than average I would say longer 15
1: minutes probably closer to 25
0: yeah so I mean we've had worse one time when we were getting on the Miracle in Long Beach we waited like an hour Uh, that was an exception normally it doesn't take that nearly that long well and
1: that was before they made changes before COVID that was before the renovations Yeah, yeah yeah
0: so post renovations waiting outside has generally not been very long uh, but this time it was longer, and so we kind of get into the area, and it was snaking. So, like, looking outside, the lineup from outside the terminal was misleading. It looked shorter than it was. Yeah. Because once you get in, then it snaked a lot, and then you started to actually get to talk to a human. And once we spoke to a human, they said, and we pointed out, like, oh, you know, it, it kind of sucks that there's no, uh, you know, uh, different lane or assistance or anything for someone with a mobility problem. And they said, oh, well, there is. There's an area outside. And we're like, yeah, we went there, and they told us no such monster get in line and so um the person who was checking us in was very nice the person outside was i would say curt and abrupt
1: um,
0: yeah the person checking us in though she was
1: like i wish she caught the name because i wanted to get her in trouble <laughs>
0: well she didn't go that far but she <laughs> no, was
1: she actually said that
0: oh really i missed oh, that yeah. i missed that but she did seem um uh, she seemed upset she apologized for her coworker, yeah. and like that phrasing i was like whoa that's rough i really threw them under the bus <laughs> yeah. but at the same time i appreciate the fact that she was like she was generally like upset and shocked that like that was that our was a wrong yeah and she says, okay, so, you know, after we're, after we're checked in, she goes, look, I'm going to try and get you some help here. Uh, but that didn't work because our very next step was to go through the security screener. So, uh, But she says, after that, go to the far end of the check-in counters, and there's an assistance area over there. And from that point, it was pretty good. We went directly there. They said, okay, it'll be a couple of minutes. Have yourself a seat nearby. We sat down three, four minutes later, I think, mm-hmm. seven at the max. She came by, uh, and they, they needed what they call a pusher, which was somebody to push a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So they got you in a wheelchair, uh, and the person was pushing, and that was pretty good. But what was weird is we get to an elevator... And there is a literal bodybuilder, yeah. like, guy. Like, he's ready for competition. Just slather like some, muscle like... Muscle
1: sure, shirt, like, mm-hmm. ripped to the gods. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, he and had then a, his, like, fitness model girlfriend in her camel jacket.
0: And 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 they did have one large piece of luggage. Yeah. Uh, and so they were waiting, and when the elevator opened, they went in, they took in all the space. And, like, it's just kind of weird. Like, wouldn't you, as just a normal person, much less staff uh, say like, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm physically able, like I'll let the wheelchair go first for the elevator. So that was a little odd, uh, particularly given that like, yeah, we had the pusher with us that like, they, they might've been able to say something, but whatever. Uh, one thing that I did, uh, hear later was that they said that, um, luggage over a certain size was apparently not allowed on the escalator. So they might not have been allowed to take that larger piece on the escalator, so they may have had no choice but to use the elevator. Nevertheless, I still think that, like personally, I'm able-bodied. The ship ain't going nowhere. I'm in no rush because we were, you know, uh, well that was the other thing too is we had a check-in time um, that was like twelve to twelve thirty, and we have priority boarding with platinum, so even putting aside the disability dimension, Uh, and yet we were behind blue cards with 1 1 to 130 time slot who were able bodied so it's like that It's not great. And so when we mentioned it to the check-in person, they said like, yeah, they haven't brought back the priority lines outside the terminal yet. Mm -hmm. There are some inside, but it's not as good as it used to be. We're still kind of in that COVID situation, which is weird given that almost every COVID restriction is dropped. Maybe it's a staffing issue. I'm thinking
1: it's more that and they're just kind of hiding behind the shield of it's COVID still.
0: Yeah. Well, is it like they're having trouble finding staff or they don't want to pay for staff? I don't know. Um... But it wasn't great outside the building yeah. once we're inside the building you know, and then once we eventually got on that elevator it was it was largely okay from yeah. there
1: and I don't think it's actually unique to Long Beach because we've been seeing posts uh where San Francisco San Diego, I think Alvison is having the same situation, so I think it's a it's a a carnival thing where the lineups and the check-ins are different and I mean it seems like and I think um, someone had talked to Heald about it and he said like you know we are going to eventually go back to the normal check-in process you just need to kind of give us some time so the hope I'm, I'm hoping that by 2023 or at least partway into 2023 they're going to be go back to normal because everything else has gone back to more or less normal.
0: Yeah, to a degree. Yeah. Um, and some things are better, some things are worse. Yeah. Uh, and so it's also unclear, like, when people have those conversations with Yield or other uh, people, like, are they talking about priority boarding for Platinum? Are they talking about disability assistance? Are they talking pre-security uh, or post security uh, so they might not be speaking about the same things even though they think they're making that full connection that's true. i wonder about that sometimes and so uh, when she's mentioning posts what she's referring to is we have a facebook group carnival vifp members uh, carnival vifp club members i forget the full name <laughs> i'll put the link in the show notes and uh, the description on youtube but it's pretty easy to find it's got over two hundred thousand members and so that is one way that we kind of keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on in the carnival cruising world. Because in our group, we allow people to... You know, complain and compliment, criticize and advise. So we get the good, the bad, and the ugly. We get the warts and all. Yeah. We're, we are not affiliated with uh, Carnival. They don't sponsor us, although, hey, give us a call. We can talk, <laughs> but we're not going to, you know, conceal anything or lie for them or anything like that, um, you know, uh, in that group or on this podcast or YouTube channel. So uh, you get the full unvarnished uh, truth there. And, that having been said, it's a collection of over 200,000 individuals who have had their own unique experiences. Exactly. Uh, and so that's a grain of salt situation where you're going to want to be like, okay, do they have an axe to grind? Are their standards the same as mine? Were they looking for what I was looking for? And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the group is of a substantial size and is very active, uh, we get a pretty good sampler, I think, of a lot of different experiences. And I think we're able to like catch the outliers and be like you were expecting like the presidential suite and you only paid for an interior. So, you know, put that in context and someone else is like, their request was super reasonable and didn't work out. Or maybe carnival did amazing things. So
1: I think it also does a really good job of kind of tempering your expectations. um, Especially if you're going on a new ship or if this is your first time sailing with carnival or just cruising in general, Um, because we have, like you said, the good, the bad and the ugly people can kind of get a real, Unvarnished look at okay these are some of the things I can expect and so they can kind of maybe go in almost with like low expectations <laughs> to a degree so that when they go and because they're gonna expect, oh my God, I heard this is awful I heard the food is crap and and then they go in and they're like, oh okay, actually, like, this is fine, and I was expecting, like, you know, rubber for my steak, and it turned out it was actually nice and tender, maybe a little grisly, but otherwise, you know, really tender, and, oh, man, I was expecting the the entertainment crew to kind of be really, really hokey, and, wow, they're actually, like, you know, the limelight crew, they're actually really, really fun, and, you know, and, like, you know, and so I think it it helps to temper your, and, and kind of have a reasonable expectation um, unfortunately sometimes the, some of the newer cruisers they'll come on in the group and they're like oh you're kind of scaring me off of cruising and we're like no 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 no! wait like just and it's just a bunch
0: of individuals opinions yeah. so like no one person opinion is any more valid than anyone else and that even goes for us I mean we we say uh, often we kind of have caveats when we're putting out videos or podcasts like this was our experience this time yeah no guarantee as I said earlier about an earlier segment and earlier mm-hmm. topic your mileage may vary yeah and I think it also it does speak uh, to your expectations are you going? Going in, having stayed at Motel Sixes or the Waldorf Astoria most of your life, what what at level of like hotel service and amenities are you expecting? Yeah. Uh, and so you know that might be a good future topic is like what is the equivalent hotel level of a Carnival Cruise? It would be a... I would probably put it somewhere in the Hilton brand uh, because I love Hilton and I love Carnival. So you know, uh, would it be would it be like DoubleTree? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um... I think
1: it depends on the ship. And also that too, right? It's so I mean, you can really kind of get into the weeds there because yeah. it, it, it can be heavily nuanced. Um, so
0: well, and one of the things that's weird is one of our most popular videos on YouTube recently is top three cruise ships, and each cruise ship is different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But when people talk about, oh, don't sail on the Valor because the service was trash, or do sail on the Breeze because the service was amazing. Uh, That's a
1: subjective thing, right? Well, even
0: forget the subjectiveness of it, although that is totally valid. Um, The reason that I would tell you to ignore that, uh, even when we say it, Mm -hmm. is because the crew completely changes over every nine months or so. Exactly. The contracts are generally six to nine months, assuming nobody gets kicked off for fraternization or other rule breaking. Assuming you don't get fired. Um, And so most of the times, like you know, uh, people will like spend three months, five months at home, and then they'll re up with a new contract. Mm -hmm. Maybe on the same ship, maybe they'll want a different ship, maybe they'll be assigned to a different ship because yeah. their role uh, might not fit the needs of a particular ship. And so, like, we're on the panorama for the second time in three years, and it is a very different service yeah. experience than what we saw in the inaugural. How much of it can you chalk up to that was the inaugural, and how much of it is just normal staff churn and turnover? Mm-hmm. So if you want to know what are the best ships... Um, don't look for service. Look for amenities. Yeah. What has the best water slides? What is the best restaurants? What has, you know, the nicest cabins, the most places to eat, the size of ship you want, things like that. The
1: constants, basically. The things that won't change. Yeah,
0: like if it's got weird elevators. <laughs> Panorama, Panorama elevators. Has
1: weird elevators.
0: And we've covered that before. We've got our video on YouTube that shows you about that. Uh, it is destination elevators on the Panorama. Three years later, people are still bloody confused. And frankly, they seem to be working not as well as they did. Three years ago. Um, a lot of like previously when you'd press something, you wouldn't get that sound. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't perfectly press the button in just the right pixel, you'll get Ye- yelled out. And then sometimes it'll just do that regardless. And sometimes certain decks that you're supposed to use an elevator to go to, like deck zero for uh, you know, the gangway. Uh, sometimes it's activated, sometimes it's not. That's actually a programming thing they do on deck zero. If they've forgotten to unlock the elevator access to deck zero at that time, and maybe you are in a wheelchair or you have a, otherwise an assistive need, where you need to take the elevator to zero, you can't do those stairs if the person hasn't remembered to activate that function. It might not go all the way there, and you might have to take those stairs from deck well, one to zero. you have to hunt down this
1: crew member to kind of, you know, yeah. Get them
0: to activate it. And I understand that you can't have those elevators going to deck Deck Zero when Deck Zero is not a public area. It's only a public area when you're ported and uh, docked for the gangway. So I get that they need to turn that on and off. I think Mm -hmm. the process of a security person swiping their card and, you know, changing some settings at the elevator, that's not great. I mean, the ships will, on various cruises, go through different time zones. And all the clocks on the ship all seem to update without, I presume, someone running around and touching them. Although I have seen that on... I think I think the miracle I saw them do that. Yeah. But I think on the more modern ships, they're probably all wirelessly connected. Yeah. Uh, and so it would be nice if they could, you know, flip one switch in some central command center and then, like, the elevator's appropriately, like, hey, we're in port now.
1: Or just program it. Like, I don't... Like...
0: Potentially, yeah. Pre-program the dates and times? Something. Yeah. Uh, and so that would be an upgrade I would like to see mm-hmm. uh, because the manual process... Every time we needed to go to day zero, the elevator did not go there.
1: Yeah, Every so, time. I had, so I had to walk <laughs> down. Which, I mean, better to walk down the flight of stairs for me than walk up. But even for me, like, I, I have a bad hip, I have a bad, I have... Bad knees. I have, you know, permanent nerve damage on my feet, so walking down those stairs is is, is not great. Um, and like, I get wobbly sometimes. Um, and so, and someone
0: on a, in a straight up wheelchair is simply screwed. Yeah. they would have to find staff. there yeah. there'd just be no alternative.
1: Exactly right. And so it's it is, and I mean, and the same. We actually encountered the same issue with uh, getting up to the main dining room. Even um, that was where weird. They, where they locked out access to deck three, uh, um, uh. and so we're in deck two. And yeah, okay, I could theoretically walk up that. That flight of stairs, but then I may just be in too much pain to eat at that point. Yeah,
0: it's too um, draining, too exhausting, and you shouldn't need that on vacation.
1: And so, and, it, and then we got to the point where I actually had to kind of talk to the maitre d', going like, is this a thing? And, and I mean, he was appropriately shocked. Mm-hmm. He had no clue. I mean, unfortunately, it was one of the last nights, but... uh um so this was two nights ago i think that i, I had this conversation with him i'm like this isn't great like i'm disabled yeah. and if i wasn't a wheelchair i basically just wouldn't be able to eat um so like it, it's it's not awesome and the thing is and it's not like you can just go to another set of elevators um with some of the, like with again with the main dining room because it's the one area to get in so i can't just oh it's not working in midship so i'll just go to the aft elevator and then walk and then just kind of hobble my way over they're like you can't access the restaurant if you go to the aft or if you go to the you know forward uh, yeah because uh, you're on
0: the wrong side of it or the galley could be in the way e-
1: exactly um so you're kind of you're kind of hooped and it's like well i guess i'm going to lido then <laughs> you know in my fancy dress um so so that was it was not great um i'm hoping that this is just an up, anomaly anomaly and you know because the the two or three people that I spoke to about it because I also happened to their jaw hit the floor yeah because I, like I spoke with a security guard as well on uh, unfortunately again it was our last port day because mm-hmm. um, but it was like my first opportunity to speak to someone about it mm-hmm. um, and I said like at no point have I been able to access deck zero with through the elevator and I'm disabled and this is an issue um and and she was like stunned that that was like wow like I, I didn't know and the major D was like again his jaw hit the floor like the lady who checked us in like so ever so it, i mean it, i mean as i'm kind of speaking it out it does seem like this is perhaps an anomalous type situation it
0: seems so, like the intentions are very good at the vast majority of the staff so I so th-
1: the unfortunate thing though is if you are someone who has mobility uh, limitations you may have to just advocate for yourself a lot more than you would like to on your vacation um because like i don't I, you know i've advocated for myself every single day when i'm at home i'd rather not have to do that every day on my vacation yeah. but unfortunately you know, that's just something you can't necessarily, you may not always be able to escape. So, um, to
0: quote 5440, one day in your life shouldn't be a problem. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So yeah. So if you're someone, you know, in in a situation like mine or even more limited in your mobility and you're finding that the elevators are not doing what they're supposed to do, unfortunately find someone. And I mean, it's a bummer, it's a drag, you shouldn't have to, but
0: Well, and I think this actually gets to a bigger question, which I think might be good to talk about for a moment, Um, and that is the value of complaints. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that we encounter running our Facebook group is we have a broader definition of free speech in our group than many others. Uh, There are other groups that don't allow you to say a single negative word about Carnival, for example. And I get it. Complaints can drag you down. You might be Mm -hmm. trying to relax listening to our podcast and maybe we sound like we're just complaining about everything or whinging. Um, And people tend to retell stories that are negative more often than positive. It's just human nature. Uh, And they, they say it's like 10, every negative experience you tell 10 people, every positive experience, you'll tell generally not more than two. Uh, Although with our reach, hopefully we can share uh, it a little Mm -hmm. bit more fairly and the positive as well. Mm -hmm. But what what about complaints? Like when are complaints good and when are complaints bad? Because complaints can be good. And it's a fundamental thing. Uh, I taught customer service training for entry-level people for eight years and one of the key points that I tried to make to people is that complaints improve service. They do. Not all complaints though. I want to have a big asterisk there that I'm going to start circle back to. Um, but, you know, we are in a situation where if you have to do the stairs you can it might kind of ruin your day or or you know have a draining or a negative impact or maybe not depending on how bad it is how you're feeling that particular day yeah Uh, that's the nature of your particular uh, uh needs is that they go they do change from day to day they do um but i i think about the person in the wheelchair who as i mentioned was would just be screwed yeah so if we're able to hobble to that deck and that's where we see the person and we say hey the elevator is not doing what it should how many people People in wheelchairs behind us that we're never going to know, never going to see, never going to know their names or faces are going to hopefully have an easier time because we said something and maybe they went in and changed the programming or got the elevator repaired or whatever was necessary to resolve that issue. One of the things I also taught when I did customer service recovery training is that generally speaking, people don't complain. Normally, if something is off, about 4% of people are actually likely to say something about it. Which means you flip the math on that, you invert it, and so for every one complaint, you're probably representing a good 25 other people mm-hmm. who are having that same problem, but for whatever reason, they're not speaking up about it. I tend not to speak up very much myself, actually, uh, and other people do, and I benefit from it. So I'm one of that silent majority. And so I think that if... You're wondering, should I complain or shouldn't you? You can take a moment, take a breath and think, okay, is this just me or is this going to impact people and maybe impact other people far worse than me? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'll speak up if if I'm an advocate for more than just myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's just my, you know, my food that doesn't taste the way I like it, I might just muddle through. Uh, But if it's like cold and I think people are going to get food poisoning, I might speak up because you know I'm advocating not just for myself and that's my litmus test because when things go wrong we get upset we get hijacked emotionally and so we might want to complain about everything and then of course people like oh you're just complaining or you're uh, you know they, they call you names and stuff and that's mm. not cool um and so how do you know if you're one of those people or if you're actually advocating for positive change and that's my litmus test and so I think that's part of why we allow complaints in our Facebook group uh and you know Sure, we get comments on our YouTube channel. Somebody's like, oh, you, you filmed this way too fast. That's one thing I struggle with is I don't want to be in the way uh, or whatever. I don't want to make myself sort of the show as people are trying to enjoy something that I'm filming. And so I try to slow down. I've been trying to do this more and more. And that's because people complained in the comment section. They said, hey, you went too fast. I couldn't see it very well. You're making me dizzy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I you know, I, as much as I can, I'm still struggling with it. I try to slow it down so people can see. You can always, you know, speed up the video on YouTube if, you, if it's going too slow for you. Um, and rarely do people say this was too slow. I get that on occasion. But those comments, as much as in the moment, I just hate them. Yeah. <laughs> but then I calm down and I think about it rationally and then I try to be like how can I I mean I'm, I'm thinking how can I prevent this from happening again I don't want to get this comment again but really it's how can I make a better product yeah and so I think that don't be afraid to speak up if it's something that's going to affect more than just you but if it's just you maybe take a moment to be like what are my expectations am I expecting the Waldorf Astoria on the seas but I'm paying less than Hilton Price's Let's kind of like Temporal, put it in yeah. a in a context, yeah. and so this is as much for just people who are thinking about complaining to find themselves in a not everything goes perfect all the time, and you can't expect it to. I always said this. I've said this many times, particularly about hotels, but also on cruises. Uh, you know, if something goes wrong, well the, the saying is, is that it's easy to be an angel in paradise. So if everything's going fine, that's easy. When things go wrong, that's the character test. And that's when the company either steps up or fails to step up. And that's, that's for me, why I keep coming back to companies. I've been to Hilton's where things went wrong. Just recently, I was trapped between two fire doors for 20 minutes yeah. and the local people at the Hilton didn't care so i had to call the london fire brigade on them uh and they got inspected they got in trouble with the london fire brigade because it was unsafe had there been a fire people would have died Mm -hmm. Uh, but i also took it up with sort of the next level um you know i said like oh who do i contact about this if i think this is unsatisfactory they gave me some contact information i also went to corporate because i think when it comes to human safety and lives you don't screw around yeah um but eventually they made that right so uh That tells me, okay, you know what? Things go wrong. People slip up. People have bad days. But the corporate culture is this is unacceptable. We're going to make it right. And so for that Park Royal situation, which you can see clips on YouTube, I actually filmed myself when I was trapped. Because... What else are you going to do when you're trapped? <laughs> and you got your, your, your camera phone with you. Uh, so maybe not great for them because it kind of shows, you know, the problems. But in the end, they made it right. They reached out to me. They made cor- they they corrected the problem. Uh, they did give me a little something in compensation because of my time loss and, frankly, the stress of it. Uh, and so with Carnival, somewhat similar, we had a problem with the spa and the dream. And in the moment, they didn't do anything. But corporate made it right. Uh, and so those complaints help these companies these organizations realize where gaps could be and then they could fix them but if we just stay mum on the subject you don't give them a chance to fix it you just sit there and quietly hate them for not being angels in paradise for not being perfect it's kind of like you're denying yourself future positive experience and maybe compensation, honestly, yeah. depending on what it is. I mean, I not like those people who want OBC for everything. It's always, it's always a joke that, like, oh, I stubbed my toe. I want OBC, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, we, and, and so, like, that's the thing. Stubbing your toe, wanting OBC, that's just about you. You're probably not advocating for other people unless it's, <laughs> like, something, you know, that a lot of people are going to stub their toe on. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, So for me, that's sort of my complaint rant.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I like to general because I'm much more... Like if see something, say something, that's kind of generally more. I know that, you know, my family kind of is like, oh, dear God, please no.
0: It can be hard to watch. It can be stressful, but sometimes it needs to happen.
1: But I I tend to try to give my complaint in a kind of conversational tone and like, hey, I'm providing some feedback. I'm doing you this favor by letting you know this is the thing I encountered. Because um, I find that if I present it in that way where I'm like, listen, I'm not mad. I'm not even like, it's like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Not even that. Yeah. But it's like, like when, you're talking to your child. Yeah, exactly. But if I present it in a, hey, this is a thing that happened. It's kind of a pain. La la la. Maybe this is what you can do to fix it. Like, even if you're offering solutions and yeah, stuff Yeah, if like, you can bring like,
0: solutions, that's great. That's one of the things, too, when I did that Park Royal thing. Uh, I'm like, here's what needs to happen. You need to fix that door. Yeah. You know, like, that's item one. You need to do it immediately. And mm. here's like, you know, here's the other issues that happen. And here's some corrective solutions.
1: Yeah, but yeah, and, and if you also give them, like, if you don't get in their face, they don't, you know, they're not catching your spittle because you're just like right up in their face, and, and you give them solutions and you and you and you provide it in a way that offers engagement and a back like a, a, a back and forth dialogue, mm-hmm. then you're going to get a whole lot further than if yeah, if you just basically just haul off on them, you're you're not you're just you're
0: wasting your time, you're wasting your time, you're,
1: you're wasting their time, and it's and you're and it's you're just driving up your blood pressure unnecessarily, yes. quite honestly.
0: Well, and you just come across as a rage monster, and so I, exactly. I, I don't listen to the rage monster because the snarling monster isn't thinking logically. Yeah. And so I can more easily dismiss you if you sound irrational, if you sound crazy, if you sound that angry. Even if and what so, you have to
1: say is completely, completely and absolutely valid.
0: And so that's part of why I recommend that taking a breath thing. It's not yeah. just about that moment to apply the litmus test of is this worth bringing up or not, mm-hmm. but it's also to take that breath because then hopefully you can approach it with a bit more of a solutions focus. Mm-hmm. Where you know, yeah, if you can go in having some idea of what you want the resolution to be, um, then that empowers you. Exactly. It makes it put, gives you in a stronger negotiating position, and it it makes it so that the time is more focused and directed, and so you're not just venting your spleen, although that's understandable to do that. For sure, but you're also driving towards a conclusion. And the thing is. Like, when you're angry, that can overwhelm you, but no one enjoys being angry if you do seek therapy. Uh, (laughs) If you, you know, you you don't enjoy being angry, and so the sooner you're no longer angry, even in the moment, if you just want to throttle someone, that's not really what you want. You want to not feel this way anymore. Mm -hmm. And so how do you get to that point? Well... I think uh, like practical solutions and knowing what you want and hopefully pursuing it. And you know, as Chris Voss says, never be so certain of what you want, that you won't accept a better deal because let me tell you, uh, that's happened to me where I've gone in and I'm like, okay, I want these things to happen
1: mm-hmm. and they've
0: offered something better or different. And I'm like, you know what that? Yes. Uh, for me? <laughs> and, and so then I can start to let go of that anger, partly because it's, it's been expressed uh, and hopefully listened to, but also because the core of the cause uh, has hopefully been addressed and if i've been denied something or wronged in some way if that's been made right then i can start you know moving past it and that's uh, more quickly getting to a better feeling for myself and so it's a better use of my time for sure and hopefully they didn't have as horrible a day at their job because they ran into you yeah <laughs> as a result so uh yeah that's that 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 is our ted talk on <laughs> on complaints and why complaints have value and you know Uh, when to do it and how. Uh, So, yeah, those are just some initial first thoughts about this trip. Uh, I'm sure as with the last uh, uh, episode of the podcast, which if you haven't listened to, go check that out. It's our Carnival Celebration Spectacular where we were just peppering in information about the trip throughout it. And so we'll probably do the same in this podcast, I suspect, as we think of things. Um, But we always talk about what our future plans are. And so I am actually remaining on the ship for one more week. I'm doing my first ever back-to-back. And uh, I know Sam has done it before, but it's a first for me. And so that's kind of cool. So they did send me a letter with a couple days left in the cruise that outlined my options. I have an option to fully disembark in Long Beach and spend a minimum of two hours in Long Beach. Or I can stay on the ship by going to an area where all the back-to-back people are are invited to go. And so if you stay on the ship, they bring you your new card for the coming week. You don't use the same one. It's a different card. The account gets reset. Uh, and so you'll have the card. You will still get es- escorted off the ship for a customs check and then come back on the ship, sort of as a one activity kind of thing. Whereas if you elect to leave the ship, there's a time frame and then there's like a gap of about two hours before you can then return on the ship. So I think I'm gonna do the stay on the ship thing. Uh, And see what that's like. And so in the next podcast episode, which will also be recorded here on the Panorama Mm -hmm. uh, in about a week's time. Who knows when it'll be released? Because we're actually recording this before the Celebration uh, podcast episode has been edited. Because I've been on the road nonstop. uh, Or on the ocean nonstop. I guess it's more accurate. Um, But I'll bring that to you and tell you what that experience was like for the back-to-back cruise. And this is if you are changing cabins. So you are to have your luggage ready to go by 8.30 a.m., where the steward will relocate it to the new cabin for you. Um, but if you stay in the cabin, there's a slightly different process. The letter they give you does a very good job of explaining how that works. They give you a card that you need to keep on you. Do not lose this card. Uh, it's a pretty simple piece of like business card cardboard. They write your name and stateroom number. But yeah. uh, it whichever process you choose, that card is vital to it working properly. Yep. So that's something, if you do a back-to-back, you're going to want to hold on to. Uh, as for other future travel plans, I mean... Nothing new to report on the hope of a new Mario Marathon. It's it's almost becoming a running gag, like asking Sam to be on the podcast. Well, uh, so, uh, you know, we live in hope, but maybe we're, we're living in the past. I don't I'm know. i maybe, yeah. um, But it would be lovely to, uh, to, you know, have another Mario Marathon for Child's Play Charity. Uh, or possibly we might just go to Gen Con. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know this year. We haven't made any specific plans, but it's something that we talk about, whether it's flying or another epic road trip like John mm-hmm. and I did mm-hmm. uh, before. That would be cool to see,
1: uh, you know, the Mario Marathon. Gang. For sure. Because, uh, yeah, I'm finally able to travel whenever the heck I want. And then the Mario Marathon ended. So I'm like, well, that's just, yeah, that's my life. <laughs> that's how that works out.
0: Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose you could email team at marathon.com and <laughs> that might be one way of, or you could reach out to them maybe on Twitter or something and say, like, hey, we want another one. I don't know if that would work. Uh, we have no idea uh, what goes on in the in in the mind of
1: the organizer (laughs) yeah Uh, because the the rest of the team i think has made it abundantly clear like we will find a way to make it work Uh, i mean they're all you know we're all getting having older kids and so it's a little bit easier i think there was a chunk of time where it was a little bit harder to kind of schedule because everyone was starting to have kids and the kids were young and yada yada and so irresponsible
0: people having uh, kids right
1: but now getting in the way of a good charity come on priorities I think with one exception everyone's kids are over the age of like 8 now so it's probably it would probably be a whole lot easier to to schedule. Um, for them at least um, but you know it does take over the organizer's house for you know upwards of a week um, and then there's all the pre-prep stuff and whatnot so yeah, it's it, it, definitely it,
0: not easy it's not it's not like putting a hammer to a nail um, uh, because it requires a lot of creativity as uh, well as the work
1: and and the organizer being who he is he always wants to kind of do up better, his game every up his, time and it's like yo you don't actually need to do that oh, well, I mean not it's cool. so much the
0: last couple of years because of yeah, the Odyssey marathon and then there was the 2020 social distance marathon those were you know uh, smaller, events but still a blast yeah
1: exactly Um,
0: but yeah I mean you know we'd move heaven and earth to get there Uh, there was the gag in the odyssey marathon where I climbed out of the couch joking that I would pretended to tunnel in from Canada (laughs) (laughs) so you know that's uh, not too far from the truth of the effort we'd probably go to to support that great cause so we, we live in hope uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't I wouldn't place any bets uh, on it happening. And of course, uh, we have, particularly over the pandemic, accumulated a lot of uh, my Vegas loyalty points. Yeah, I'm sitting over, over 4 million. You've got over a million. A million um,
1: over a million and a half now.
0: Yeah, so will we do something maybe with Ace of Vegas where we go to Las Vegas, or will we try to redeem those for uh, some, some free cruise. cruises? Yeah. Pos- I don't think they do carnivals, so it could be... S- I think
1: it's Royal or nor- Norwegian. I think it's Royal yeah. now. It used to be nor- nor- Norwegian. I think now it's Royal.
0: Yeah, and I think used to have msc but the deals weren't great i'm not sure so anyways that's something we're considering uh there is also and i hesitate to mention it because i don't want to drive prices up but there are some interesting cruises maybe i'll I'll keep it vague and there's some interesting epic cruises that sam and i and possibly others are looking into for 2023 uh so stay tuned for possible announcements there Yeah, I'm not going. The next two topics are coming to you at the request of the Canadian equivalent of the TSA. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When we were going through uh, Canadian TSA, I'll just call it that for ease, and I'm not sure of the actual name of the organization. I should probably know. I'm bad Canadian. CTSA
1: is the acronym.
0: Canadian Transport Security Agency, let's say. Let's go with that. We'll wiki it later. We don't have the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that would actually be like Canadian TSA, CTSA. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we're 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 just We'd... a flea on the back of the beast that is America. Um, anyways, uh, putting aside our you know inferiority complex, uh, <laughs> when we were going through a security screening at the Vancouver airport to fly to LAX, we encountered a wonderful agent. What was his name? Start with a W. Walter. Walter. Walter, Walter, Walter was fantastic. Was angel. Uh, Walter. If you see this, thanks once again for being such a superstar. Um, because we had various liquids, and so I think everyone by now knows that when you're bringing a liquid whether it's like cologne or shampoo or whatever it can't be more than 100 milliliters suck it america you're gonna have to learn metric 100 milliliters uh (laughs) it's some number of fluid ounces i don't know i want to say
1: 74 grams well that's still metric though so americans aren't gonna like
0: that uh but anyways like you 3.5 i
1: think 3.5
0: oh sure i don't know uh it's 100 milliliters uh, to (laughs) most of the world everyone but tsa so Anyways, uh, when you go to the travel section of your Walmart or super, or, you know a, a super uh, a supermarket, whatever, uh, they'll often have a travel section, and you'll get like the Listerine, and it says TSA approved travel size, mm-hmm. and that's because it's just under that requirement. Uh, and so I think a lot of people know that the messaging on that has gotten out. The world knows that's great. You can do without thinking. Here's what you might not know is there's also a cumulative limit. So you can't bring an unlimited number of those bottles, which I guess if you think about it, kind of makes sense. But that's not what people sit around thinking about because, yeah, okay, uh, if I brought, I'll just take as much as I want. I'll put it in tiny little containers and then I'll recombine it whenever I want. I get it. Okay, so that makes some sense. So there is a cumulative limit, and it's basically 10 of those. So it's one One liter liter, total. Uh, and so here's how that works. And again, this is a tip that the Canadian TSA has actually asked us to share with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have a visual aid for this one. So, uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to see what we're talking about, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash vacationimpossible, and you'll be able to see a video clip of this. There is a bag that they use specifically. Oh, you know what? I think you've got it. It's TSA.
1: Oh, C A T S A, not C
0: T S A. C A T S A, because you know we got to be at least a little different. Uh-huh. And so the bag, uh, you can actually get the bag in advance yeah. uh, of going through the security uh, screening to maybe put your stuff in or check out. And so um, it mentions that individual packaging, 100 milliliters, and a total of one liter. The way that it works though is whatever fits in the bag goes. If it fits, it sits. Yeah, exactly. Like
1: cats. Now so, then, now, caveat there may be some agents that are really. No, it's a thousand milliliters. So do keep that in mind. We might have gotten one of the nice ones where he's like, listen, if it fits, it sits, I don't care. Some might be like, eh, no, that's more than a thousand.
0: But well, Walter really made it sound like this was sort of the standard. Yeah. So um, just, they check. I checked, just want to
1: give that caveat just in case. They check
0: <laughs> the individual container to make sure, okay, this is not more than a hundred. Anything not more than a hundred is game. If the individual thing is more than a hundred, it's game over. That gets tossed. And yeah. so. They don't take the time to check in detail, and nor should they, because that would hold up the line. So maybe you've got a container that says 130, but you've used 40, and so there's 90 left. They're not going to care. They're going to see the capacity of the little container and toss it. So keep that in mind when you're packing. And so the way that they do it is they put everything inside the bag, and if it looks like they can seal it up or they're able to seal the ziplock at the top, then it's good to go. And so there is a particular way that you can pack things into the bag to. Get more in. Maximum capacity. I think I'll let you speak to that.
1: Yeah. So they recommend that you basically put all the like the cylindrical items that are you know much like this. This, this is a scent burn perfume. Not a sponsor. But, you know, again, hit us up. <laughs>
0: um, and Team so- at vacationimpossible.ca or message us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, comment on YouTube. Uh, reach us to us. On, DM on Twitter. We can negotiate something. <laughs>
1: there you go. Um, you know, lips and uh, mascaras or whatever. So all like the the cylindrical items, the the uniform shaped items. They say put those in first so that they stay they all stand up on you know in the bag, right? And
0: that's <laughs> a that's a cylinder. So if you've got something like sort of a toothpaste like container yeah. where it comes to a pinched point at one end hold off on those not yeah. yet
1: so put all the cylindrical items in first um get them all in there and jammed in there and then you start adding in the weird shaped stuff the
0: the, the stuff that is like yeah like the, toothpaste yeah uh although i don't the toothpaste isn't a liquid i don't think
1: but they um, count gels too so so yeah unclear. like
0: be be prepared um but for those things that come to a pinch he said put it in upside down right yeah so okay. where the pinched part goes down because i think a lot of the cylindrical things kind of narrow at one end or even if they don't yeah. it's easier to jam it in by putting the pinch to Towards the bottom and pushing mm-hmm. because it, it has to fit in the bag. But the bag itself is plastic, and Walter made a point of telling us this: that the bag itself can kind of stretch a little it bit. It's like switch. it's your fat pants. It's your fat pants yeah. of liquids traveling on planes. That metaphor is a little painful. And then, but... if you,
1: and then you have if you have the little uh, pods, say for instance, a travel bag like this is you know for the people who are you know safe out foundation or use night cream or whatever, and you put them in the little travel pods. Those are the ones you put in last. I'm not going to go grab one, but I do have a few of them. Um,
0: and it's a little bit like how we recommend you pack your uh, your laundry in is. the bag on the cruise ship if you have your free laundry, where you put those things in first. And so when you put in the cylindrical things and then the toothpaste-like things that pinch upside down, what you've functionally done at the top of that bag is create a shelf. Mm-hmm. And so on that shelf, you can then put the exactly. things that might be more oddly shaped. If it's like a round thing or something that's a little bit more like flat, not like a not quite a cylinder, but like a flattened. Sort of, um, I guess, almost like a, the shape of a compact. But again, that wouldn't yeah, be liquid. Exactly. But if it was that shape and had liquid in it, and then you can put things on that shelf, and then if you can, if you can close the ziplock, or even kind of look like you can close the Ziploc at the top, then you should be golden. And you get you. So uh, thank you, Walter, for helping us. And hopefully, you know this was Walter's request, so we're all too happy.
1: Yeah, he was a very. Ex- oh, and the other one that yes. he has for us. So is- the
0: second travel tip, uh, at the request of the Canadian equivalent of the TSA, uh, is about CPAPs. Now we get a lot of CPAP questions in our facebook group about cruises but here this is relating to flying specifically so if you have a cpap machine which stands for
1: uh continuous pressurized air circulation i believe
0: no it needs to be a p at the end it's continuous
1: continuous pressurized air this is
0: the mask you wear (laughs) so that you don't snore or die in your sleep uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it it looks like you're, you know, you're you're in an X-wing and you've got the 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 the, the flight mask on depends you're, on which form, you're, but you're your in an F whatever in Top Gun. You've got yeah. the mask on uh and you use that for sleeping and so it, it like forces air in to keep everything it working does, yeah. something like that and it often uses uh, it uses distilled water yeah. Uh, and so you probably don't want to have any distilled water in it, taking it th- on the plane because nope, that's a liquid.
1: And you also so, can't travel with a sea- with the, uh, water in the reservoir, yeah. uh, because it'll actually get into the machinery and kill it.
0: Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's not even the big tip. That's like the prep tip. Yeah. Uh, so and if you, you have can't, a CPAP, you already know this. Yeah. Well, generally, yeah, generally speaking. Uh, but here's what you might not know is that you need to take part of the CPAP machine out before mm-hmm. sending it through the scanner. And that is the motor, the motor.
1: Yeah, and it has to be you that does it. They won't do it for you.
0: Yeah, and so prior to, please, prior to even getting in the line for the scanner...
1: Heck, before you even leave, honestly. Like, yeah, leave your house. Like, just
0: pack this way. Take that motor out because and and Walter explained it this way is the motor looks a lot like a barrel and so I'll let you imagine what things have barrels that the security at the airport would not like to have on their planes Mm -hmm. and so uh, having it separated and in a separate bin so it can be scanned separately they can in an instant be like that is for your CPAP that's a motor I'm not worried about you anymore and so it makes the process go much more quickly and so uh, we need didn't even have that with us when we went through Canadian TSA this time. Walter just pointed it out because it is one of the largest time sinkholes Mm -hmm. that holds up that line. You're at the airport and you want to know why that security line is going so slowly. It could be because people aren't prepped with their liquids or it could be because someone didn't remove the motor from their CPAP. Mm -hmm. This thing is not well known. He asked us to try and get the word out. We're doing our best to do that because it will save time for you and everyone behind you. And, you know, I think the security people will appreciated and so maybe they'll be a little kinder (laughs) make their day easier make your day easier make my day easier so uh, this is for partly selfish partly altruistic reasons Um, but if you can just have this kind of stuff uh, that you know in advance it's going to make your flying experience wherever you're flying to easier for you and others and so uh, thank you so much for your kind attention on this one Uh, if you know people who have CPAP machines please share this podcast Mm -hmm. or if you're watching this on YouTube this tip video if they try Travel at all. Uh, we really want to get the word out on this to help. Uh, you know, the the TSA and the Canadian TSA um, have flights little little safer and security go faster. Because particularly in this post-pandemic world, we see a lot of reporting in the news about epic lineups. Two, three hours security, people missing flights. Mm-hmm. Now, that was mostly in the summertime, and so we've been traveling uh, in the fall, and so thus far, I haven't encountered substantial lines at the airport, uh, but that could just be because it's a shoulder season. We don't know what the holiday travel season's going to be like. When we fly home, we might see some of that, uh, or the coming next year summer. Uh, so tips like this can just make all of that easier for everybody, uh, and, then, and you know maybe keep costs down, so fewer costs are passed on to us. Wouldn't exactly.
1: that be nice? Another thing, if you're new to um, traveling with a CPAP. Um, one thing that you may not know is a CPAP is not considered a personal item. Um, so you can bring your carry-on, you can bring your personal item but the CPAP is a medical equipment. Medical equipment is not considered a personal item so you don't have to like repack so that you, because you think that the CPAP is your personal item. So mm-hmm. if, if I didn't know that I because uh, uh, I, I use a CPAP, uh, I don't bring mine with me when I travel just because it's too much of a pain in the ass. It's a $2,500 piece of medical equipment. I don't want to risk it getting damaged so Ray just has to put up listening to me snore all night um and
0: (laughs) earplugs regardless of who you travel with or where you're going even if you never use them they're like 38 cents they take no space and no weight in your luggage but have earplugs because if you find yourself in a cruise cabin with luggage storage above you that happened on the sunshine to me uh or if you find yourself with a neighbor who's really loud it could be a lifesaver so just make sure that you've got earplugs on every packing list even if you don't use them just having them there could make the difference between a great trip and a horrible trip
1: yeah, but I had mentioned this to a friend of ours that that also uses the CPAP, and he's like, oh, no, it's like it's not even a thing. So I looked it up. I verified, absolutely cool. So And
0: we checked with Walter, and Walter yeah. did confirm. Uh, and so it's a little analogous to having a cane exactly. or a walker or a wheelchair. That doesn't count towards your luggage.
1: And if you are able to walk through the um, security... Um, The thingy the metal detector (laughs) metal detector there you go uh without uh, your mobility device um they will ask that you do that so that they can scan your mobility device because they want to make because they're all hollow so they want to make sure ain't nothing in there right and so yeah it's
0: sad that people have taken advantage of that in the past such that we have to do that now but that's just the world we're in unfortunately
1: yeah, and so I mean I'm able to kind of just you know do my little hobble and I'm fine, and if not then they just have you going around and then they just wand you down like it's it's really not that big of a deal. But just these are just especially if again if you're new to you know l- mobility limita- limitations, these are just some things to, to kind of help you kind of just be prepared and be equipped. And so you know if you have any kind of anxiety about oh my god what it's going to be like to travel with a wheelchair or cane or braces or whatever it it is they the airports and the cruise lines um, are are you know, as much as we complained earlier, they are in fact incredibly accommodating. Like we were able to get a ride from um, the security checkout to our gate um, at the airport at, at with the Air airport. Airport. Canada. Yeah.
0: The Air Canada attendant was amazing. She was she, super was, nice. she was patient. She had a sense of humor, uh, and so she helped us through every step of the process mm-hmm. uh, because it does change. Like prior to the scanner, post scanner, uh, post customs. Like after after customs and everything, then you get on the then you get on the golf cart and you get to motor, which is yeah. kind of cool. I got some video of that. You can check out on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/VacationImpossible
1: yeah and so it is um you know yes it is different traveling with a disability um but if you are if you look it up ahead of time if you kind of get an idea get a sense of okay yeah what is it going to be like going on a plane like my cane for instance is collapsible so i you know when i'm in the airport i don't use my cane i use my braces because i know i'm going to have to do more walking i just fold up my cane into my backpack and then when we're in a situation where i don't need my braces anymore out comes the cane Um, and then you know I just ask the steward or the flight attendant sorry um, to store my braces in the closet and then they'll bring it to me at the end of the flight so I can get out Um, so it's really they're really really good about uh, making sure that you're taking care of uh, Delta Airlines when you uh, book a ticket with them they'll ask you um, like you're asked if you need assistance and then the varying degrees of assistance of which you require so I did let them know yes I need assistance Um, you know getting to my terminal I'll be able to get the The flight myself, but you know, getting to and from my terminal, yeah, that's where I'm going to need some help. So they know now, before I even like before I even got get there like tomorrow, how they're going to help me out. So I don't have to make any requests and anything of that. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be taken care of. So it's it's really. The world today is becoming a lot easier and a lot more friendly. Yes, you're going to find a lot more. You're still going to find obstructions. You're still going to find
0: sometimes obstructive people. Yeah, not necessarily
1: employees, but guests. They get in the way sometimes. There's going to be obstructive people. The selfish person
0: who will push the disabled person out of the way so they can get on the elevator sooner and get the buffet
1: sooner. Uh, Yeah, I mean you're going to encounter that. You're going to, you know, you're going to unfortunately encounter that. There's things that you used to be able to do that you can't, and that's a little sad. And there's things that you want to do that you can't anymore, and that's a little sad. But there are ways you can still do travel in a really really fun and safe and easy way cruising is perhaps one of the more ideal ways of doing that um, so that's why for me now I'm an even bigger proponent of traveling while cruising especially as, as someone who has limited mobility issues and when we're, we're trying to do what we can to help so we're bringing you these tips
0: in various videos and so examples of that um, you Know if you want to see what it's like boarding a cruise ship, that's a new kind of type of video we've been making in the last three or four cruises where we film ourselves boarding the ship so you can mm-hmm. see what it's like in Long Beach getting onto the panorama in Southampton when we got onto the celebration. Uh, in Gal, uh, where, where was I sailing out of when I was on the Vista? Oh, God, I don't even remember where that sailing was. I think happened that was from. Galveston, was it Galveston? Whatever, wherever the Vista. Where I got on the Vista from. We've got one of the like the types of videos we're trying to film consistently is boarding the ship, so you can kind of judge how much walking, what kind of angles, what kind of steps, you know, uh, so you can maybe judge in advance what mobility aids you need, what assistance you need, because sometimes you're at a point where they're like, "Do you need a wheelchair?" and you're going to have to make that determination prior to seeing what lies ahead, what challenge you're going to be facing. So you might think, "Hey, this is going to be easy," and maybe. video will show you a little bit more fully how easy or difficult it is. So you can make a more informed decision about how much assistance you need or what mobility aid you're going to take that day to try and make that easier. Similarly, we're filming port area videos. So you can see what it's like getting off in, you know, Ocho Rios, Jamaica. And you can see that long pier that you walk. I mean, it's beautiful, but it it's is. a bit of a long walk. For it's sure. level though. Um, and so you can see and make the determination for yourself. You don't have to listen to a couple losers on a podcast <laughs> telling you what to do. You can go see for yourself on those videos and judge for yourself what's possible and so we're trying to do more of that and more of those like you know here's a look at the piano bar on this ship and here's a look at you know the guy's burger areas and all those little things because for so many different people for so many different reasons that's helpful we have the Skylink video that shows you how to get around one of the airports we're trying to film more of those sorts of things and we're getting a lot of really positive feedback particularly on YouTube people saying that like okay this has reduced my anxiety about going here uh regardless of whether it's an accessibility thing or just they haven't traveled and they haven't been through that airport or they've got a tight connection and they're worried that I still I still worry about some of my connections when I book sometimes and I've lost track of how many flights I've had and so uh, we're hoping that those sorts of things can help we've also got a lot of feedback from uh, parents of autistic or otherwise uh, on on the spectrum uh, children who have particular or maybe just social anxiety where
1: diverse of some sort
0: Yeah, yeah that's the word where they can see it beforehand so that it's not as intimidating. It's not It doesn't cause that same level of anxiety. And so they're a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more willing to travel. We've had parents and like it's heartbreaking but it's also great to re- see some of these comments where it's like i couldn't convince my my son to you know go on this cruise until i showed him your videos and he watched it mm-hmm. like three or five times in a row and now he's super excited to go on a trip and like those comments man know, they get right? you. oh like, I know. that like, makes oh. me that that's that's why i'm like i'm laying in bed i'm comfortable i'm done for the day and i'm like you know what People ask to see what the laundry uh, services on the ship look like, and I think back to comments like those and i 'm like that 's what gets me out of literally out of bed. Mm-hmm. Go film that video because you never know who it 's helping so For sure um, and so people who do share those comments, thank you so much because they do really they, they keep us going as much as anything.
1: Yeah, and if there's there's particular content that you want us to film regarding cruising specifically, or just whatever, like let us know in the comments. And if we can find a way to make that work, we're gonna we'll we're all too happy to accommodate that. Um, I mean, yeah, giving us content ideas like, oh no, don't do that. <laughs> but and it, and because it although it could we do be, have plenty ideas, for we do have, <laughs> but it could be that it never occurred to us to film that thing. And then you know you're telling us, oh, do please, you know, if you can, can you let us know what X, Y, and Z is like? Because yeah, I'm feeling kind of anxious about that. And we'll be thinking. Yeah. Oh, like it never even occurred to us that that's something that people could be feeling anxious about. Thanks. Like that gives us like, we want to do that. Like that's what we want to be here to help for you.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's just like what I was saying much earlier in the podcast about complaining and how like only about 4% of people actually speak up. Mm -hmm. And so like that too so like your question your request uh for one thing there's no dumb questions uh and you know we may or may not make the video but um you know make those requests because yeah you might think it's just you but there could be 24 or 2400 other people out there with the same question and we try to stay accessible like there are people who run facebook groups much smaller than ours uh who refuse to look at their dms Mm -hmm. Uh, And I personally, and I know you so far, uh, because it hasn't totally burnt you out yet, make a point of like, I still check all those DMs, even the ones that Facebook marks as spam, all those message requests. I look at all of that because I never know uh, when there's going to be a great question that I Mm -hmm. can answer, a great question that I don't know the answer to that I can go find out for you. Or valuable feedback. Yeah, or a product suggestion, whatever, Uh, you know, a, a sponsorship opportunity, so many different things. And so we try to keep those lines of communication open.
1: I will say for me, um, I don't have access to a desktop as frequently as Ray does. So if I, and I don't respond to every single one of my DMs, I'll read them all, but I don't necessarily respond to every single one and I'm not going to go into why. Um, but, um, but for me, it's
0: mental health reasons,
1: but I, I I do, you know, when I have an opportunity to get on the D uh, on my desktop, I will absolutely check them. It just, unfortunately right now with the way Facebook has configured their, uh, Facebook messenger app, if it's a new message from someone I've never spoken with before, Mm -hmm. I can't access those new messages until I get onto a desktop. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, that's not always easy because of my very mentioned, aforementioned mobility issues and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, And so like right now I have yeah over half a dozen messages that unfortunately I haven't been able to read because I've been getting them while I'm on the cruise ship and I haven't had access to a desktop so like sorry and like I'm gonna get to them soon I promise you Uh, again I may not necessarily answer right away but I will absolutely give them a read so uh, and I imagine you're kind of in the same situation too somewhat I mean I've Mm -hmm. lately been able to access some of them but not all which is kind of Mm -hmm. weird Uh, but the other thing too
0: is is that I try to make a choice as to when I check those messages and so Mm -hmm. I like to try and be in the right mental space before I go into that spam sure. folder uh, before I check those those message requests before I read those comments necessarily so that hopefully I'm giving them the opportunity and the reading they deserve because if I'm in a mood I might read them in the worst possible way exactly. maybe they're intended that way maybe they're not I mean obviously the threatening one's very clear uh, and complimentary ones are generally pretty clear too but sometimes in the middle there's a lot of ambiguity and so I might not get to the message right away because I could be traveling I could be without Wi-Fi. I don't generally buy the package on the ship uh, or it could just be like I'm I'm, I'm waiting so that I can give it the appropriate time uh, and there's other ways of reaching out to us you can email team at vacationimpossible.ca. we're not necessarily going to reply sometimes yeah. we do but like for example in the last podcast in the uh, celebration spectacular yeah uh, we did do a viewer mail or a listener mail where we did read out the email and we took it and we, we went sentence by sentence responding to different items in there cool. so you're definitely welcome to reach out to us as well we do have a patreon patreon.com slash vacationimpossible. so for little as a dollar a month you can support us there as well that's another avenue where you can see some behind-the-scenes content I do the occasional blog post behind the scenes pictures uh, and you can reach out to us by commenting on that or reaching out to us through patreon mm-hmm. uh, so we definitely really appreciate the support there there's also a $3 level where you can see like next level super personal blog posts which no one wants to read uh, and <laughs> so there's currently no supporters at that level which is fine maybe for the best that's like you know they say oh uh, write a letter and never send it that's where, that's where I do do that <laughs> so I don't know one day someone might read that stuff yikes um, but anyway so uh, yeah there's a whole lot of different ways to reach out to us but uh, yeah uh, we would request patience because also at peak times over the last couple of years I've gotten upwards of 50 to like 100 people messaging me a single day yeah now that was uncommon it was for a brief period well it felt like forever but it was a, for a period of a few months and eventually that got under control most of it was probably bots but again I like, and that's the thing with the whole bot thing, with the Facebook group and the messages. I gotta give people a chance. Yep. I can't assume based on some assumption that you're a bot, because if you're not, then that's incredibly unfair to you. And I know that that puts extra work and stress on me, uh, and it does delay sometimes my response in dealing with things, but I, I gotta give every person a chance to be a person. Yep. And I can't write somebody off, ban them from a group, block them, whatever, or ignore them until I've gotten to see what they have to say and what their behavior is. So when it comes to like our Facebook group, uh, you know, if you're in that group and you're seeing things that sh- don't seem to follow the rules. Uh, report it use the report to group admins function and we'll get to it Um, but you might ask yourself well how could this happen in the first place and that's because we have to give everyone a chance yeah and when you've proven yourself that
1: that's what we want to do other groups have decided not to yeah this is a decision that we have made
0: because because i that's just a moral thing for me is i got to give somebody that chance yeah um and because i've like i've been written off i've been kicked out of facebook groups i've messaged the admin trying to find out what happened and never got a response that's a crappy feeling you're left wondering that's Mm -hmm. no good Um, uh, don't want to do that. I understand why the person doesn't. I don't like begrudge them that. But for my personal side of that, it was not a great experience. And so uh, that's part of why we want to remain accessible. As things grow with the podcast, YouTube channel, Facebook groups, uh, I'm going to do my best to keep that as, as consistent. Yeah. Um, but there could be a point where there could be a signal to noise problem where I just have to close the door. I hope that that day doesn't come, or if it comes, I find some other way of managing it. But if not, patreon is probably the most reliable way uh if you want to suggest a topic or something uh yeah that's a great way to do it um but we are not hurting for uh topic ideas in Mm -hmm. fact i'm I'm saving one topic uh for the uh the end of this because it's been on our to discuss list four years because it was actually a, a video i put out about catalina i can't remember what year i last went to catalina 2018, maybe. I don't know. I think so. 2019, I don't know. So that's been waiting for four years, minimum. (laughs) Uh, We're going to get to that. But just before we get to that, um, I just want to do a couple little updates on previous topics that have been discussed. So one is uh, on our somewhat popular video, our top three cruise ships, I put the panorama pretty high on my list, in part because at the time, mm-hmm. three years ago, you could get a Hawaiian pizza <laughs> at the pizza place. <laughs> and I gave that far more weight than I probably should have, but I am a pizza fiend. Um, I My pizza delivery guy from Panago, it's Canadian, uh Canadian uh, pizza delivery place, back uh, in the day, he knew me so well, like he was showing off when he bought a new car. He's like, check out my new car. Uh, so we were that tight me and my pizza delivery guy. <laughs> Uh, so I love pizza and I love Hawaiian pizza yeah come at me in the comments I don't care (laughs) get over yourselves it's a fruit Uh, and so am I (laughs) but anyways um, so uh, Hawaiian pizza is no longer available on the panorama I don't know if it was a special thing because it was uh, the inaugural or maybe it's just been like a cutback, or it's an efficiency thing maybe offering too many varieties was keeping the line unmanageable I'm only speculating Um, but I just want to say like if you're listening to our podcast you watch that video and you think you can get a Hawaiian pizza on the panorama it's sadly no longer the case uh so that was just one thing that i wanted to update on another video that we have that's gotten some traction on youtube that i want to maybe provide a little new context to is is the wi-fi worth it on a carnival cruise because i think the technology has kind of progressed a little mm-hmm. and so um you got the social package for yes. this cruise which you pre-booked yeah uh, what has that experience been like for you
1: um it's pretty good. It was um I would say it's probably better than my experience with a social package when we were on the legend uh, which was five years, years ago, ago 5 years ago many
0: years ago many moons um, ago
1: and so I was a younger man yeah no I've I've been really uh, relatively pleased I think the I think today I discovered that the social package is much more expensive than the, than advertised because uh, it seems as though while you may not necessarily be able to upload TikToks you can certainly watch TikTok um, which and, is
0: weird because on the celebration we had the value plan which is one step up we couldn't even watch TikToks
1: yeah no today I was like someone sent me a TikTok and I was like and I accidentally clicked on the link and I was like oh that worked okay and then I was just watched like, I got caught up on my messages on TikTok and then watched a few. TikToks and kind of spent kill some had yet woken up so i was like just in bed black but um we,
0: we, we are on tiktok vacation impossible we've got some some interesting videos there like that was the first place where a video of me trapped between the two fire doors was released so uh you can watch that and we've got a bunch of other interesting videos me trying a tiktok attempt at a arcade that failed <laughs> uh also mike uh giggling at the at a funny name in london uh lots of fun stuff on our tiktok check that out
1: like, Yucky Cock or something like that? What was that cock name? Fosters. Cockfosters. Cockfosters. Um, oh, yeah. No, that one was pretty funny. Because uh, <laughs> the, the giggling just got progressively worse. And he was trying to keep it together. <laughs> he, he really, like, that was uh, not staged. Credit, credit to Mike. He like, tried so
0: he, hard. He did not know I was filming him for like half of it. Well, life.
1: and the funny, the funny thing is, <laughs> what, what made me laugh especially about that particular TikTok is Mike is British. He was yeah. born in Britain. Yep. His he's, his family is British. He knows these damn words. <laughs> so, like his
0: TikTok name is what is it? UK born BC living or something. BC raised, like...
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah BC living, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, it...
0: check him out. He's got some cool
1: acting stuff. On he his TikTok. is a dope actor. You absolutely need to check out his TikTok. Um, mine's all right, um, <laughs> and, but he she,
0: she does stuff like the one chip challenge and hot sauce oh, stuff. I haven't
1: I haven't done that yet. I'm I'm a feared, pain. but I need to do that within the next couple of weeks. <laughs>
0: because it'll expire probably. Well,
1: not even that. Yeah. Or does
0: it get does it get hotter or less hot over time? Well,
1: I don't know, I don't even know any about any of that. But I'm about to have bariatric surgery. I can't oh, be right, doing that one yeah. chip challenge after my surgery
0: because that one chip will be like three weeks of meals that, for you. Well, and I'm then it will just
1: burn through the stitches. Um, oh dear God! So I uh, yeah I gotta I gotta hook up with with my friend and gotta do that soon. I also promised someone I do it live, so that's something. That if you follow me on any of the social medias, you'll probably see it live at some point. What's your uh, TikTok handle? My so TikTok handle can is you? Canadian underscore hippo. So C N D N underscore hippo once again charlie november delta november underscore hotel india papa papa october so
0: canadian without the vowels hippo with the vowels
1: there you go (laughs) um and so that's me on that's on me on tiktok that's me on instagram that's me on on social on twitter like basically all the things canadian underscore hippo that's me um so yeah I'm, i'm
0: cow man i'm less interesting i'm not on tiktok for my personal But I do have a personal Instagram where I post way too many selfies. So I believe that's cow underscore man X on Instagram. If you want to see all my stupid selfies from cruises and things.
1: Yeah, but, um, uh... Yeah, so it's it, and interestingly too, um, like I was able to Google anything I wanted to, and even like view some of the pages on. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's because um, because everyone in our group, because we're traveling with my folks as well, we were all getting like notifications of things, and even kind of able to view some of these notifications. Like like someone yeah. sent us like a WhatsApp notice. Like if the message wasn't too long, we can watch it, view the preview. It's emails but... even sometimes were coming through. So I think maybe the firewall is maybe not as strong as it used to, or they just intentionally lowered it a little bit. Maybe to kind of kind of convince people like oh no this is actually a a thing i need because i need i really need that email like ah." it could
0: be it could be that enticement yeah Uh, i don't know i think maybe they just changed their provider or their or their technology because it does seem more reliable does seem faster than it used to be and yeah the firewall is definitely not what it used to be because all i used to get was notifications that i had apps that needed updating Mm -hmm. i don't get that anymore yeah but i but i do get yeah i get like the email but i don't get it in my email app i get that little preview view and so I can read the first three lines and like you said, WhatsApp messages. I don't get it in WhatsApp, but I get the preview. If I pull down, I can see the first three lines and uh, and so that's kind of interesting. In fact, one of the comedians on, I think on the celebration was joking that they're constantly getting ring notifications and that's what I get. Yeah. I get someone's at my back door or someone rang the doorbell at my back door, but I can't see the picture. I can't interact. I can't open it in the app. Uh, and so that's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the emails are kind of good because like if you had like maybe a flight delay or something and you got in email maybe you'd know a little sooner so i mean that's kind of a blessing yeah um but some of the other stuff is, it is it feels like a bit of a tease i don't know i don't think it's intentional but i mean maybe it is if that it can is be really effective marketing them.
1: like i yeah i i
0: i feel that pull i resist it though for mental health and vacation reasons yeah and... no.
1: But I mean, I gotta respect the hustle if it's intentional. Like that's you know, I, I I don't hate them for it. So
0: so when you get one of these plans, and if you book it in advance, you save some money. Yes, online, so that's worth. I think mentioning. it's ten percent. Uh, That sounds right to me. Um, But you can also, it's about, it's limited by number of devices. It's not necessarily by person. So um, she can log out on her device and with her sale and sign and birth day and month, I could then log in on mine. And so for example, when you were letting me use your internet for a little bit, uh, I was able to open my banking app and I was able to move some money around and stuff and check on that uh, as just one example of things Mm -hmm. that they don't explicitly list but that does kind of work. Some websites are okay. Other websites you get this kind of slightly scary message about like this you need to upgrade included. your internet yeah yeah <laughs> was like, that was wanna. it um, it was it was innocuous it was like Wikipedia or something I forget yeah and or was, like was, I, I did like three Google searches the first two went through fine and the third one was like you need to upgrade I was like mm. yeah,
1: it's, it's very hit, hit or miss I, uh, the Google has been very consistent for me oh, but whatever. I, I remember access... I,
0: like yeah I was going to like trektoday.com because I'm a giant nerd and I like Star Trek news uh, and then I tried going to the CBC news site and that's when it was like that's funny. whoa hold up no you can't so I can get Star Trek news, but not but Canadian news. the government news.
1: sponsors news. <laughs> Can't get Canadian news, only Star Trek news. For, for Americans, uh, CBC is kind of, to a degree, kind of our PBS. Um, yeah,
0: with a little bit of CPAC. Yeah. But mostly, yeah, it's our PBS. Uh, a, a little better than PBS, honestly, okay. I think. But anyways, that's our Canadian perspective. Uh, and so, yeah, I feel that like the reliability of it... I mean, it's still pretty slow, but when it was on the celebration, Mike got the value plan, which mm-hmm. is sort of the middle tier, mm-hmm. and that he bought for one day in the middle and, kind and of another day. There were two days where he got it and uh, it was strong enough that I was able to upload YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. But I still couldn't get anything on TikTok working for the value plan. Um, but even like the uploads, like it wasn't too bad. Like the speed was pretty good. Yep. Uh, it didn't drop me at all. Uh, I did sometimes with your social package here on this ship, it dropped me Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's a little eh. Um, uh, but I was able to times... download
0: YouTube videos over the value plan, not watch them in the app, but if you've got you do premium you can download so it allowed me to do that Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it let me download a podcast through Pocket Casts so uh, if you want to catch the latest Vacation Impossible podcast make sure you subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and yeah if you get the value plan you might be able to download our episodes while on a ship
1: and we are on Apple we're on
0: Apple Podcasts we're on Spotify we're on all that stuff and
1: please leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that's basically the only place where you can leave reviews Um, and uh, so you know having good review just leave a review um, it doesn't have to you know tell the it, truth but if you love truth, us great and if it's like dear god mindy really needs to talk slower okay you know email us that that email doesn't us need that. to go with the review because yeah. we don't read those reviews really we, 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 actually we don't can.
0: see them we don't have apple. we're not we're not we're not apple people yeah, uh, but so, we love apple but people sam it, is an apple person it, he recently converted he he's gone to the other side and i don't know how to feel
1: but it but it does <laughs> it does provide
0: sam knows how i feel it,
1: yeah but ha- having that <laughs> that that um um
0: those reviews are really helpful. Yeah, exactly. it, it helps get the podcast out. And as I, I think, hopefully we've demonstrated in early parts of this episode, you know, whether it's about accessibility or anxiety or just making your travel experience easier, go faster, go cheaper so you can go more often. And so the more people that we can get word out on Like the liquid limit and, Mm. you know, the CPAP thing and these other, these other tips and tricks. Uh, the more people know these things, the better it is for all of us. Yes. And so it really kind of helps us get that message out because we want, uh, we want people to travel. We want people to travel more, which segues beautifully into this topic that has waited four years or more. (laughs) It's been on my list. I'm finally going to get it off this list. So, uh, somebody named Photo Quintessence. What an awesome name. That is an awesome name. That is an awesome name. Not sure if I'm saying it right, but I think I am. Uh, They commented on our Catalina Island Travel Tips video. This video Mike and I filmed God knows how many years ago. Uh, And it was a simple question, but I thought it was a great question. Simple four-word question, but it's huge. What makes you travel? Damn. That is a huge question. One of the reasons I think we haven't gotten to it yet is it is just mind-blowingly, I don't... I'm It's not kind
1: of existential almost.
0: A little bit. And <laughs> I've been putting it off because I've been trying to think of a concise way to answer it, and I'm never going to find the right no. answer. So I'm just going to muddle through. Uh, so what makes me travel? A lot of things. Um, I think that... Uh, so many things, so many things. I am ignorant in geography. So I travel to, among many other, and this is not my most important reason, in no particular order, is the first thing I thought of, is I cure my ignorance of geography. Prior to going to Belize, if you had asked me where Belize was, I would have said Europe and you would have laughed at me and you would have been right to do so. <laughs> uh, it is actually near Mexico. Uh, so that's just one example of, um, like, I didn't know what the Canary Islands were. Didn't know know where they were. I would have incorrectly put them probably in like the Caribbean or something.
1: I would have guessed Africa.
0: And you would have been pretty... You would have been... been there's there. a debate. I don't know if we want to get into the whole, <laughs> is the Canary Islands in Africa thing? Uh, I think I should get a free pass for having been to Africa, because I went to one of the Canary Islands. Or, like, the
1: UK. One of the two. Africa but, or the UK.
0: But, yeah. So, anyways, we went to, uh, We went to Tenerife in the last sailing on the celebration. That's in the Canary Islands off the coast of Africa. And so, I think that, like, geographically, from, like, the perspective of tectonic plates, <laughs> I think I've been to Africa. Geopolitically, no, because it's Spain. <laughs> And I get that. Um, but I so I think I get like a partial check. Let us know in the comments, send those emails, send, tweet at me, whatever. It's all good. Have I has Ray been to Africa? I wanna know. Maybe I should set up a poll maybe in the Patreon or something. I don't know. Um but anyway, so that's one small reason. Uh I, I wanna see um other ways of living. Yeah. I wanna see uh how other cause I, I I'm not so arrogant to think that I've got it all figured out with regards to practically anything. Mm-hmm. And so I wanna see other perspectives. I wanna, you know, as much as I like the the foods I like, I wanna try other foods. I wanna see like what 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 do these people do with cheese? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and things like that. So I want to uh, see things through other people's eyes through other perspectives. We get one life and the fact that we see it always from our own perspective like um, there's this great movie Before Sunrise. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know where it would be in my top list but it's got to make the top 10 if not the top 5 and so it's just it's just a lot of talking. It's a lot of dialogue. Not a lot happens but it's a great movie it's really intelligently written and uh, one of the things that he talks about is he says something like um, I've never spent a day without myself. I've, 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 I've never gotten a break from myself. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I forget how he phrased it. There's also, there's a lot of songs that, 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 that actually talk about this too. I think it's like a Counting Crows song. Uh, you know, I, uh, I can't get away from me or something is one of the lines. And so uh, we always see things from our perspective because we do only have this one perspective we're given. Uh, and so the closest I can get to getting that second life of seeing things from a completely different perspective is going somewhere I've never been or going somewhere that's outside of my experience. And so one of the things I like to do is yeah i love the excursions and the adventures and going on the like you know going on on the water slide in atlantis goes through the shark tank you know i did that six times in a row one time check that video out on youtube it's amazing uh and that's a hoot that's fun but i also like what i call the two feet and a heartbeat approach which full credit comes from i believe john's father uh is the first person that i know that said it he probably didn't coin it but that's how i picked it up is from a story uh that way but um two feet and a heartbeat which is basically you just get off the ship and you walk you have the the Offline map on uh you know Google Maps, download it so you can find your way back and you just go and you walk. And we did this in uh a Karuna. Oh, I'm probably saying that wrong, a corunya. Um, I think. And so like that's we found amazing things. We found a castle, we found uh, a modern stonehenge we found the Hercules Tower, we saw so many things, met Man, an awesome veteran, took some great pictures, uh, you know, got some Wi-Fi, uh so many cool things. Uh and so Like, I don't have to have the, you know, I'm not hunting for the authentic experience. I don't have to have the food prepared in the traditional way. I'll try that. But it's really just about opening myself up and and going out there and not necessarily having a plan. Um, And, like, uh, Tom Parks, the guy who gives uh, the lectures on the Journeys Cruises, talks about, like, being an adventurer versus a tourist. I enjoy being both. Yeah. Um, But I think that the tourist is fun and the adventurer is eye-opening. Yes, And so it gives you a different perspective and it makes you realize uh, you know, hey, they do this cool thing. I'm going to steal that idea. I'm going to go steal the best ideas of the world and implement them in my life. Mm -hmm. Or I'm just going to, that's as close as I can get is getting a break from me. Mm. (laughs) Uh, I can be a lot. I know. I live with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so that's the closest I can get to getting a break from myself and then getting some potentially valuable perspective and be like, oh, you know, Seeing it from this point of view... Maybe I'm surrounded by this poverty in Ensenada or something... And I was whinging about like, you know... I don't know, not getting my full speed on my internet at home or something... And I'm like maybe don't be an a-hole. Huh. I was kind of an a-hole. These people would have definitely kicked me in the narts and been right to do so because they can feed their families without selling chicklets and I'm complaining about losing one mega speed back home or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, or, or this one dollar over calculation charge on a Hilton bill that's like, it's 98 cents, move on. Jerk face. Whatever. Um, bad examples, but the point is is that it gives you those different perspectives and I think, like, it's, maybe it's good to answer this question post-COVID because when covid had struck i had for example already taken that massive road trip with john it was like was it 19 days a bunch of states and a couple of provinces i forget the numbers uh and so i had seen um the gateway arch in st louis i had seen mount rushmore i'd seen all these things and so as i'm listening to podcasts or music or tv shows movies hearing stories whatever it is i've 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 crossed those things off my list. I know what it's like to stand under that arch and and what it sounds like, what it smells like, you know. Uh Goodwill Hunting, they talk about uh you've read all about, you know, the Sistine Chapel, but you don't know what it smells like. It mm. smells like this sweaty tourist standing next to you. It it's not a great smell, but I know not. the answer to that question. You watch that movie and you don't know the answer. And I think it's great when Robin Williams poses that question and then, you know, even at 25 I knew the answer because I had been there. Yeah. Uh and so Um, I didn't feel like I had missed out on life when I I didn't like one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is the trip of a lifetime syndrome where it's like, for whatever reason, someone believes they're only entitled to one great trip in their life. And to me, that is sad as hell uh and so when i hear trip of a lifetime we kind of snicker but it's also a horror f- story for me because it's like it's sad that you put all your eggs in this basket we know some people who saved up for like a decade or two to go to knott's berry farm the first meal they had they got food poisoning and it kind of ruined their trip of a life. lifetime yeah and that's just like that is tragic to and me. they haven't
1: taken a major trip since uh, and it's and that, so and part it's of it upsetting. is because they were like that experience kind of really ruined it for us uh
0: for them yeah 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 and and so like i I, I I've done so many trips that people would think are trips of a lifetime. And I've managed to do multiple ones, not on a huge income, not by spending tons of money, not by spending huge amounts of time from my perspective. And that's part of why I want to show other people. And that's why I created Vacation Impossible. You know, uh, I grew up in poverty and through education, I was able to, you know, have disposable income. And my friends who also grew up in poverty, they didn't see travel as an investment. And, you know, they say travel is the one thing you spend money on that makes you richer. Uh, and, like, I remember when I was going to Europe with my family and we were planning what cities we go to. And I, I remember quoting You've Got Mail when I was trying to sell them on Venice and Rome and London and Paris. They, they wanted to go to these other places that were all beautiful, you know, uh, yeah. uh, which was great. You know, Czech Republic, what have you. Prague was lovely, not super expensive. Um, but I wanted to go to these. And the way that I sold them was this one phrase from You've Got Mail. It's not why it costs so much. It's why it's worth so much. Yeah. Huge difference. But I still believe... You know, whatever your budget, whatever your situation, if you have some disposable income and some available time, there's a trip out there for you that might be your trip of a lifetime uh, or might just be a good, you know, good fun. And so um, that, I think, is part of it. And I think my last part of my answer, because I've been talking for a lot and I want to get your thoughts on this, um, is also my first memory in my life is of a road trip. Mm -hmm. I was driving up the I-5 in a U-Haul listening to journey
1: <laughs>
0: and i remember looking out the window and seeing uh, this train it was a, it was like it was a train that i think like um it was going along a mountainside and either there was more than one track or it kind of looped in back on itself or something and I, I was like three and a half and i was just trying to figure out what route this train was taking as i'm listening to this amazing song um and uh you know just on this road trip and so from my experience in my life, I feel like I was born on the road. And Mm -hmm. so I feel so comfortable there because that's, that's where my conscious memory begins. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for me personally, that's the, that's the personal weird part. But I think the other stuff is a little bit more universal. Uh, You know, Stephen Merchant says travel broadens the mind. Yeah. Uh, And you know, I truly believe that. And it gives, it gives important perspective that allows me to more greatly appreciate what I have and maybe improve what I have back home uh, when I get home and also share it with all of you wonderful listeners and viewers. So, yeah, what what makes you travel after that TED Talk? <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you touched on a lot of the things I would say. Um, I think what, as you were talking, uh, especially the last little bit, like a lot of my first memories, um, I mean, my first memory was a horse eating my hair, so it's not as cool as yours. Um, but but that's why you <laughs> wanted
0: to go see that horse uh, uh, in Armstrong <laughs> yeah. at, uh, at, at the log the barn. Log burn, the exactly. log barn exactly. about the
1: horses. But, um, <laughs> and then you
0: were watching the horses at the excursion we were at... Yeah. And, um, yeah, which no, exp- which excursion I, I mean, was that? That was, that
1: was in, uh, Sabal, Port of Vallarta, Sabal Playa. Yeah. 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 Um, that was good. So I video coming and, soon. And, yeah. I mean, my, my earliest few formative years also involved quite a bit of travel. You know, we moved across Canada, uh, from Ontario to, to Vancouver. We were actually supposed to move to Sacramento, um, but things changed. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's crazy the
0: things our lives pivot on.
1: And, um, And yeah, like, I mean, the first time I traveled, I was nine months old flying to Germany. Um, And my, because my my parents are both German immigrants. So we would go back to Germany as often as we could. Um, So thinking about what you were saying, and I was thinking about the fact that, you know, I, you know, a lot of my memories as a child involved flying to Germany um, and spending time with family in Germany. So I, and I didn't really know how to, to, Articulate? articulate yeah um Ironic. what what feeling uh, what travel <laughs> feels like to me but i guess in a way actually even though i'm going to new countries uh, sometimes and sometimes old same countries but even whenever i travel i oddly enough feel like i'm going home um because for me going to germany is going home because that's where my family's all from right um and so it's it's interesting how i kind of i just now also realize that that's what that feels like for me um, I also, um, you know, with my, we, we tend to travel in warmer climates and stuff like that. So for me, that's really, really uh, energizing. Alaska and, notwithstanding. And, uh, yeah, and recharging. <laughs> London
0: notwithstanding.
1: <laughs> yeah, because so, like I, 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 vitamin D, I just soak up like a sponge. And so for me, it's, it's, um, it's super, super uh, rejuvenating, which is kind of rare for me. And so I, I take uh, full pleasure in that. Uh, and I'm also very much a people person um and so with cruising mm-hmm. especially um, I get to interact with all sorts of different people and I get to talk with all these different people and, and like make friends for five days, seven days, whatever many days I'm on the cruise with. Mm-hmm. Like we were on these two excursions and we happened to see the same two groups of people each time. And so by the end of it, we were joking around and having a good time. And they were like, Oh, we're just traveling with our friends here. And like, and it was all fun. And, you know, we, and we got to talk with people who, you know, we have, you know, completely fundamental, des- uh, uh um, um. Differences in in political ideals, but we still had a productive and nice and con- and friendly conversation, even somehow talking about our political uh, political ideas. Um, and so we got to kind of um, test we, our values. Test I would our say. we we got because to test we, our values. We encounter and... people who
0: feel differently. We encounter extreme poverty. We ex- it, it, we encounter extreme opulence mm-hmm. in Atlantis and other places. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we we we, we encounter uh, just different ways of living. And so um by by testing our values that way testing is maybe not the right word um but we exploring we, yeah like we might make adjustments or we might um we might be more certain or confident in the yeah. things that we believe saying like you know what um being kind to people would work whether you're poor or rich mm-hmm. or you know you're in Europe or North America you know kindness is universal yeah. i think yeah, yeah. and I, and i and i like to see that and like there was something that was interesting um with my recent travels on the celebration, uh, is um seeing different department stores at Christmas time across the world was kind of cool. Yeah. Like I saw one in London that we went into that was very similar but had its own flavor. It had a London flavor. You know, tea sets and tea was very popular in the displays. But I would still love the same Christmas baubles, which of course German origin. Um but, you know, all of that. And then I'm, you know, off the coast of Africa in Tenerife and I'm in a different department store and, you know, okay, they were a little bit more focused on Cosmetics and and perfumes and stuff like that and and clothes and other stuff uh, which I mean that's a little bit more similar to back home so it was like oh the the one in the the Canary Islands Spain kind of Africa was a little bit more like back home than the London experience was a little surprising um, but the fact that there was this common thread that like everyone had their kind of Christmas shopping experience but it's not just capitalism run amok whatever but mm. at the same time it's I like to think it's like you know the, the enjoyment of giving and, and caring for fellow humanity at this particular time of year to see that on different continents all within the same month, like well, that thinking, is, I think that is that's real... heartwarming and it reinforces my belief that those are good values. And,
1: and I think that actually really also reinforces, at least for me, the idea that there's a whole lot more that d- that binds us than that, that divides us, right? That's exactly what because, I was trying like, to say. Yeah, yeah, like every single country you went to, you found some, they were all celebrating at Christmas. Yeah. Um, so like if and...
0: you hold up a Christmas ornament in all these places, it's going to mean something pretty similar to all of us. Yeah. Even though we don't speak the same language, we absolutely Even we celebrate speak it differently
1: Or whatever, it's still, yeah, exactly similar
0: feeling that's shared across the world potentially and i'm sure there's ex- exceptions to different areas and i'm not even gonna get into religious implications yeah and that's one of the things i like about it too is that it, that, that the positive feelings of generosity can be divorced from the mandated belief system
1: yeah i think, I think that's it's, nice what i also really really like just real quick uh, about travel is f- encountering people who are in the towns that we're traveling to That are so in love with their city that they cannot wait to share it with you.
0: And it's a pure pride because... Like there was in Mazatlan, we had this tour guide, Luis, who was fantastic he was and amazing. he he was absolutely in love with his city uh, but you know what was great about that. The pride he took yeah. on it, the love he had for it was in no way diminished by any other city in the world nope. it wasn't i 'm better than no, you it wasn't all. that we 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 beat these guys in a competition or anything nope. like that. It was this pure love without superiority or hatred, and that was lovely was to see great. because far too often pride I find gets to a point where it becomes dis- distorted into superiority and mm-hmm. that, that that's upsetting to me because it comes it, it's the corruption of something pure in my mind. Um but with him it was it was so pure because he and like we'd ask him about other areas and he'd talk about other cities and other provinces in Mexico around the world. Yeah and he would give them their due and say like yeah this place is better at that. This is our thing and and you know, it's all lovely. And so like that acceptance was great.
1: And like in his pride also his pride in this town wasn't so much that he was blind to it's you know flaws Thoughts. like he it's was, needs he, he, it's yeah and like, i mean he's talking about you know some things with regards to like billing on fish and the whole thing and, and he said he's like i wish we didn't do this i don't like that we do this it's not fair to the tourists it's not fair to the citizens oh and yeah blah, pretend blah,
0: oh, blah. selling selling a fish like as selling, a different kind in a restaurant well, they were like oh it's this but it's actually this yeah they're basically fish.
1: passing off tilapia as mahi mahi or swordfish or other kind of like white fish that are really really expensive yeah. and he's like listen there's absolutely nothing wrong with tilapia but charge me for a tilapia. Don't charge me for a And call money. it what it is. You know, call like, it what it is. It, it, be honest. Yeah, and and so and so he, and he and so he talked to us, and he was candid about like this is a thing that we do, and I don't like that we do this. Well, a well, thing that, that some of this. our
0: restaurants do. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and but yeah, and he said it's like I don't like that this is a thing, but it's a thing, and I don't. And so and he, watch out
0: for it. He was and, advising. And he,
1: yeah, and he was just kind of being like mm, he, he loves it.
0: He, was, he loves it. Warts and all. He, and the thing yeah. is, is that if you ignore the warts and if you never complain and you pretend everything is perfect, you're not really loving it truly because you're not accepting it for what it is and also you're not you're making no effort to make it better
1: yeah and that's just not a healthy relationship I mean you wouldn't do that you wouldn't do that That with a relationship with with your partner
0: and I think uh, another thing, uh, getting back to uh, what's great about travel, is something that I wasn't conscious of until I read an article about it several years ago. We have talked about it on the podcast before, but it's the mental health benefits of travel is yes. actually amazing. In the was it two months leading up to eight, even a, the most basic trip, there have been studies that show a, a positive mental health improvement in the lead-up and planning period. So even if you're doing something that might feel tedious... You're creating a packing list, you're doing something in Excel or an itinerary, or you're, you're stressing over how oh, I get this hotel or that hotel, and this one, they're both expensive, I'm not <laughs> sure what to do. You're, but the, that exercise and that taking you out of your day-to-day routine, even if it doesn't feel super enjoyable in the moment, actually has a positive mental health impact and, I think and I... having something positive to look forward to i think is the essential of life i think when you like you know when have you given up on life it's when you have nothing to look forward to mm-hmm. and so always having something a trip uh something to look forward to i think that's what keeps us alive as much as breathing and eating and so that is i think a core part of sort of feeding the spirit if you want to call it that um and then it, and then also these studies have shown that you get a uh, another, say, I believe it's a month worth of positive mental health benefit after the trip. And that's the surprising part, is, is actually the planning is twice as beneficial for your mental health as the lasting effects of the memories,
1: according to a lot mm-hmm. of studies I've read. Uh,
0: which is fascinating, I think.
1: And I think I remember actually reading too, and I'll see if I can find the article so that we can maybe cite it, um, uh, that it actually improves your productivity at work. Yes, Um so part of it. Lo- yeah, looking forward, to having a, a trip to look forward to, you're not going to sit there and because you're I want to make sure you don't have any work stuff to think about while you're on the trip if you mm-hmm. especially for someone like me who's like always like you know I never I, I you know I, I wound up having to retire before this whole quiet quitting thing happened but for me oh. I was always putting in all my hours more than my hours and I was like you know I, I was thinking about work all the time and largely because I enjoyed my job and so that's why I was thinking about work all the time like how can I do this better how can I be more efficient this? How can I do that da, 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 da. oh my god the client and I forgot to email and blah. and so and but because you don't want to have to think about any of that stuff when you're the, on your trip you're gonna make sure your desk is cleared and that your clients are all taken care of or this, and whatever it is is that you need to get done, um, so you're going to be so much more. Especially, I think the especially the week leading up to your trip, you like I think your productivity increases like two a hundred percent or something. Like it's a huge, huge, yeah. huge number. Um, like it's not at all insignificant. And like and for me personally. My employers have made that comment, like like when you go on a trip, not because when you're gone, but because you get stuff done before that. You make sure, yeah, exactly. And they're like, you make sure that everything is held down, and so I never have to worry about it when mm. you're gone yeah. because you a make sure you have the right person covering you while you're gone. You mm-hmm. make sure that they don't have to do basically anything while you're gone. You make sure, or you know, that
0: they're equipped to do it with confidence,
1: exactly. And you and you make sure, oh hey, this is a thing that I haven't been able to resolve. This is you know, and this is you a you, good this, handle, and you try to like provide a solution and they're like I like when you go away because it, it get
0: they, out of here yeah exactly they're like you know
1: other people when they go on trips it's not the same they kind of just leave this mess behind yeah uh, that, just drop you know, everything that, and
0: go that's not that's not that's not what we recommend as an approach it, exactly you want to have a job to come back to also so you can
1: afford the next trip exactly <laughs> and so like I, I often got a lot of really positive feedback when I went on my trips because of that and, and, I, and I'm not at all in no way am I unique in that mm-hmm. um, and it's not because I'm exceptional at my job it's mm-hmm. just because I was so excited about my trip and again i didn't want to have to worry about my job on my trip
0: and I think it's just anticipation is, is such an amazing feeling when you think about it. And so I think we're never more alive than when we have something positive to look forward to, whether it's the birth of a child, graduation of a child, or uh, you know, the holidays and things like that. Like November twelfth, I begin the Christmas season when I'm mm-hmm. not traveling. So this year is exceptional, but like last year, November twelfth, things start going up. And it's actually kinda of funny, like Christmas, uh, you know, for kids and a lot of people, and me in particular, is like their kind of their favorite time of year, their favorite holiday, and so they get really into it. The decorations, the lights, the tree, the presents the wrapping all that stuff and they they love it um and then like it's funny because on christmas day like i am difficult to wake up (laughs) i'm half asleep and it's like it's like now that it's here i actually like where did all that energy go yeah uh it's like you gotta drag me out of bed (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm slow to start the day, and you think, like, Mr. Christmas would be, like, you know, 6.30 in the morning,
1: it's yes, Christmas,
0: and, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it's more, it's it's the joy and the positivity of the anticipation, because the you, I think most people don't anticipate negative things, they anticipate positive things. I mean, you can awfulize and you can worry, and that's part of what we're here to hopefully help you set aside or address or plan for mm. um but then it's just this pure thing of like i don't know what i'm getting but i'm getting something and the simple fact of i'm getting something is amazing yeah or i can't wait to see the reaction of this person when they see the thing that's, I got that's for, me for sure that's yeah. a bigger part for me or again just like hey you know making it special for a kid in the holidays and stuff and knowing all that kind of things like there's so there's so much positivity around it that like when the actual event comes i'm just like i'm tired yeah <laughs> like yeah, i guess it's christmas all right <laughs> on christmas day and it's a little bit sometimes like that on when i travel because like uh i'll be super excited for a cruise or whatever and then i'll get on the ship and i'll just spend tons of time on my balcony listening to podcasts it's relaxing because i'm like i'm tired i want to just relax want to you know enjoy and absorb it all and i well, don't necessarily the well that's that too <laughs> uh and but also it's like you know i don't necessarily have to pack in i don't have to go to every single thing that i want to go to i'll go into the hub app and i'll i'll check off every you know if there's a, a string quartet or trio i'll normally mark all of those i'll mark every comedy show i'll mark the ice carving It'll go to 10% of what I probably end up marking down. And so I'll be on the balcony and something will pop up and I'll be like, yeah, I'm I'm happy where I am. Uh, And I don't know that that's any less valuable than running around and going to every single show that you need to. Um, And so part of how I excuse that is by traveling as much as I can. So it's like, I'll get them next time. And that's one of the things too is like, I actually recommend that you don't do everything you want to on your trip, because you that's trip of a lifetime men- mentality, and that's that's I think wrong thinking. Uh, although, hey, if you're traveling, you're traveling, and that's good. Uh, trip of a lifetime is better than no trip. But if it's trip of a lifetime, this is my only chance. You're putting pressure on yourself, and that's taking away, I think, some of the positive benefits. And you're tightening those shoulders and putting things on the shoulders, and that's not great. And, and so, it's making
1: if, it hard for the cruise, the, the experience to live up to whatever the expectation what is. is yeah. if You
0: set it too high. So for me, it's like, oh, there's so many possibilities. I wonder which cool thing will happen I don't know um, and so I'm open to it whether you know because like that's one of the things Tom Parks talks about is he says like a tourist it's all about them and their expectations either being met or not and so the best that they can hope for I might be articulating him slightly better than him no offense Tom I love you Tom but uh, I think that the best a tourist can hope for is to have their expectations met maybe on rare occasion exceeded you go to Atlantis it should be exceeded probably Grand so Canyon one, one, yeah, one of those, yeah Grand Canyon those are a couple places that actually exceed expectations I think for almost everybody um, even the tourists but most tourists it's like they're just hoping Disneyland is like what they hope it is. Uh, And then when it falls short because the line's longer or, you know, whatever, uh, then they just get upset. And so they're not fully enjoying themselves. Where the adventurer, as Tom Parks argues, is somebody who's open to experience and they're just like, they remain curious. I think remaining curious is such a key part of living a happy life. Having something to look forward to and remaining curious about it, Mm -hmm. I think, is, is really key. Uh, So that, you know, disappointment stuff is less of a factor and you're more open to, hey... I wasn't planning to have this crazy adventure, but here I am. Like, the time I was in Vegas and I ended up at a silent disco. Yeah. Uh, I was I was not expecting that, but I was open to whatever. It was like, hey, let's walk from one end of the strip, like from the MGM all the way to the stratosphere. Because we didn't feel like taking the deuce because it was kind of dodgy. We didn't want to bother with the monorail. And the weather was great. We were feeling, you know, good. So we're like, hey, let's just see what we encounter. And the silent disco was like a third of what we encountered on that walk. That We were just open to... The world happening around us. The concert Mike and I snuck into in Huntington Beach. Never would have expected. Okay, he's
1: breezing past, past the that. silent disco. <laughs> Questlove was the one of the DJs for the silent disco. And he was dancing next to Russell Simmons. Yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, I just went to some silent disco. It's kind of cool. Okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, no. Like, it was lit. <laughs> like, I right, missed and it was and a, I was so angry. <laughs> and silent
0: discos are coming. They're on cruise ships now. But back then it was a test pilot thing that they were trying out in this one part of vegas that it was like kind of under construction it's kind of out of the way it wasn't advertised it was just it's part of the was, links it right a, uh, it's where link is now yeah. but link was like under construction at the time yeah i think and so like it was a test thing before it became kind of popular and like that's even before you get into the whole playboy bunny thing that happened later in that walk like a bunch of stuff and so just being open to stuff like that's where I think you get those those just unexpected memories and experiences well, it's like the,
1: the log barn like we we want to do a bunch of uh, <laughs> we saw trips. something
0: cool on the side of the road grab the wheel do it safely but yeah. check out that thing you know um, and it's like my favorite thing crazy. to do like
1: I didn't like we want to kind of be like oh I want to do this with my <laughs> annual pilgrimage to the log barn I didn't get to do it this year and so I'm a little be- bummed about yeah. it but
0: like this thing that was like is that a dinosaur let's check that out now becomes like an annual thing <laughs>
1: yeah and it's and it's a lot of and it's a free roadside attraction it's and, amazing with really really yummy cider that you can buy there um, <laughs> food there is a little overpriced but because the whole Pretty attraction is free yeah. um, and they got I mean they got to pay to feed their goats and horses and stuff like that and, and it's and it's just it's a fun little quick 20 minute diversion onto wherever it is you're, your way Vernon, to wherever you're going it's between BC. Vernon and Armstrong yeah it's in Armstrong it's, oh yeah, yeah it's in Armstrong and and it's, and it's so much fun and it's like one of my favorite things to do now and so and it was just we just happened to kind of stumble across it because we took a, a different route than we normally do because mm-hmm. we're like hey we went let's to a different place something- yeah so like, right. let's try something different we don't
0: know what was there and... so going in with ignorance isn't necessarily a bad thing you know people are like oh uh, I mean like if you're going somewhere trying to know some conversational language if it's a different language like if you're going to Spain or France or something do do some preparation but beyond sure. that you don't necessarily have to have everything planned out that having been said there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of stuff planned out when I went on my road trip with John I knew I was looking for a a, a, a skeleton man walking a skeleton dinosaur in a particular part of the uh, uh, the uh, of the, uh, I-90 I think it was on or whatever mm-hmm. the highway and so we found it, we checked it out I knew where Iowa's largest frying pan was and we made a point in checking that out and so you can research and plan ahead or you can two feet in a heartbeat and see what the universe brings you.
1: Or you can just call an audible to decide, okay, I'm not going to do it right now. I'm not already feeling it. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. As long as you haven't prepaid for anything.
1: Exactly. And yeah, no, And I had a... Um, and it's kind of going, kind of comparing and contrasting different kind of travel um, uh, without, you know getting too into the weeds and too long of this episode but you know i had a friend of mine uh shortly before we did did this trip um where it it was their kids uh winter break or no it's a uh um thanksgiving break and they're they're from um Texas um and so they decided to do a road trip to uh, I believe Arizona and New Mexico they saw Broken Arrow they went not not the movie the actual thing um and uh Sedona Park and like all these kind of amazing monuments in that general region um, and, but it, for them, it looked like it was all, it was a lot of go, go, go. It was a very, very physically active trip. It was gorgeous based on the photos. Like, Oh my God. Um, a lot of, if you've seen 127 hours, a lot of the, the form formations that they were traveling through was part of that, um, a part of the movie, part of where the guy went. How many um, people gave that movie two thumbs up?
0: Oh, too, too, soon, too soon.
1: Too soon. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm horrible. And, uh like, you know, and and just did absolutely stunning photos. And you know, and I asked, I'm like, hey, like how accessible is it? And she's like, Yeah, just not. Um and so I'm glad that she posted these photos because it allowed it afforded me these opportunities to kind of live vicariously. Like raw and unfiltered photos, which yeah. I really, really liked. Um, but then she I was talking I'd posted about um when we were on the sailing and it was like, I think it's my first night, and I'm just like, you know, when the siren call of the waves of the ocean kind of lull you to sleep, but you really, really want a pizza. Um <laughs> And, and, yeah,
0: that 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 pull, that dichotomy, oh, bed this, versus pizza. Oh man, it's
1: it's a it's a hard go no right there. Um, and so she asked me, she's like, Oh, does that like make you motion sick? And, and she was asking, cause you know, they've been curious about cruising, but you know, that's a concern that a fair concern that she had. So we talked about that a little bit. Uh, and I basically, we recently
0: and, tested out a motion sickness device. Stay tuned yeah. for results.
1: And, and so, and I said, <laughs> it was basically the antithesis of the trip that you just took. Um, and it might almost be like a nice way to follow up a trip like that because yeah. you kind of get a chance to just balance it yeah and and kind of recharge a a little bit on top Mm -hmm. of this really amazing trip that you just like i'm not begrudging her trip at all it was gorgeous by the looks of it Mm -hmm. and like she they had a lot of fun they did the four states thing uh where they were like four points yeah they did four points and and so they did a lot of fun things and it looked like they had an absolute blast the kids were having a good time The you know the husband and wife they're having a good time everyone's having a good time um you know and and so like i Oh, that's awesome! And so, and that, but I was also very much encouraging, like, hey, like you really should consider cruising if that's something you want to think. Like, we could talk about it, watch a channel, blah blah blah. Um, but it is, it is like this uh, cruising is such a great way to travel the world, but at the same time, just chill the f out. Um, well, it's a
0: good mix because like you can do go go go, must see everything at a port, but then on a sea day, you're kind of like take the world as it comes. Uh, Or like you might have a plan but then you see you're on the ship and you're like, wait a minute, they got ice carving here. I want to check that out. Maybe I don't need to see, you know, this, this Vegas style production or something. And so like you can adjust and be open to things. Or have the really rigid, or but have have both in the same trip, and maybe alternate so that you don't have too much of any one thing.
1: And you can spend half the day in your cabin, just lying in your bed, or you know on the balcony. You're not feeling like you're you've wasted a day. Whereas if you're on the road, there is more of that. There's, a, I think, there's with traveling on the road. Um, traveling to a destination I think there's a little bit more of that pressure of
0: gotta get there in time you
1: have to get there in time you have a finite amount of time there and so you really kind of have to you know suck the marrow out of where it is you're going
0: well and that's one of the reasons I like staying at Hilton's on road trips is because there's the digital key option with the cell phone so I mean Hilton's generally have 24-hour front desk Mm -hmm. I know like uh extended stays Motel 6 don't necessarily like get it sometimes if you're checking in after 10 it's a problem yeah uh and so I like with the Hilton because generally it's 24 hours but even if it's not i know my phone will open the room door yeah so like even if so i can take that extra hour at the biggest frying pan or whatever Mm -hmm. uh and risk getting into my hotel late knowing that i'm sacrificing nothing but maybe my own sleep but i'm still like you know i'm not under that pressure which is nice we finally uh, kind of t- tackled that topic. I think I had I had taken a slight stab at it in the past and, and hadn't given it as good an answer. Yeah, so. we've had a
1: few ad bats at this. Yeah,
0: it's a it, it's a similar theme, but I just uh, yeah wanted to uh, give that a full uh, hearing out, and a, kind of like a regular podcast topic. Because uh, after the pandemic, we're, we've got so much exciting stuff to talk about. Like you know how cruising is different. Like the the uh, the muster drill is so much oh, faster and love. easier. Huge upgrade. So again, like don't think that the pandemic has made things worse everywhere there have been improvements in like the the new mustering process way leagues better uh you know literal
1: seconds (laughs) uh,
0: having having the hub app uh you know instead of a physical menu yeah you lose some of some of that old world charm or whatever you want to call it without the physical thing everyone's staring at their phones so that might take a little human interaction away from it however in the hub app you can see the menu for the whole cruise. You can go look at the menu five days hence and make determinations. Oh, maybe I'll do Tepanyaki that day because the menu in MDR is not that great or whatever. And so, um, you know, there's... it. it So a lot of these things are what you make of it. Yes. You know, and like, yeah, you might have your phone out to check the menu, but maybe you know beforehand. So you're not at the restaurant buried in the menu the whole time. This could actually have more human interaction. If you look in advance and you know what you're going to order, you don't even necessarily need the phone if you remember it. So you don't have a phone in your face. You don't have a menu in your face. You just have people. Mm -hmm. So it's what you do with it, uh, ultimately in a lot of these things. And so change, you know, can be upgrades, uh, and it can sometimes be cost-cutting and there's all yep. everything in between yep. so uh, it's all about how you do it and so we recommend doing it as often as possible so you know you'll get it right eventually <laughs> that's my philosophy so anyways thank you so much for tuning in uh, and yeah stay tuned we're gonna have another episode coming up pretty soon because we'll be recording again in about a week's time uh, our production schedule is a little weird so I have to get home to edit <laughs> and upload um, but yeah thanks for uh, tuning in and uh, we'll see you in the next episode or on YouTube in in our next video. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.